Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. Did you read Crystal Kingdom yet? No, it's on my desk. Oh my god! It's so I have, I have um, different sets of books around my house for different occasions. So, like okay. I have the bedroom books, I have my desk books. So I have Crystal Kingdom, but stacked on top of it is Endling and Heartland, and those okay. just keep rotating. Yeah, because <laughs> those are those are uh, uh, special books. Right, those, those are, are special books that get priority. Yeah, those are mommy's workbooks, kind of. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was taking a sip right as you I'm said so that. sorry. Those are mommy's workbooks. <laughs> These are mommy's YA novels, please. <laughs> what the fuck? Mommy's special workbooks. These are mommy's special work. <laughs> that sounds so gross now. I know. Oh God! <laughs> These are Don't daddy. cut that. This has to stay in. This is it. This is the cold open. These are Time daddy's, daddy's special <laughs> private time books. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying out of my face. <laughs> this is this is how we get porn in the woods, Casey. This is how it starts. Oh no. You start filling up suitcases with daddy's <laughs> special books, and then you dump it in the woods. Oh, no. Oh, I regret everything I've just said. Oh, wow. Liquids. I don't regret a single one of I've, I've really gone to the dark side, and I don't regret any of what was just said. Oh. Except for mommy's special workbooks. That one still gives me the heebie-jeebies, if I'm being honest. It just could mean so many things. It Like, yeah, and you're not going to, like, oh, of course, those are YA novels for podcasting. Like, that's never, that's not going to be your first thought. It's going to be, like, those are some fucked up books. Like, <laughs> that's, what's, like, it's going to be fairy smut? Is that the category? Yeah, 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 yep. Yep. Yeah. See, I'm on book talk. I know words. <laughs> here we are. Here, here we are. This, this is the transition I see. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hey. How, it's how, like. How are we doing? How, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I always uh, struggle with that question when people ask it, like, on a podcast. Like, do you want the, the truth, or should I just say good and <laughs> should move I? on? Yeah, oh my god, I have that problem in real life. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I used to I used to just say I'm doing good, no matter how I'm actually doing. But now, uh-huh. nowadays, I'm just like, oh, I'm doing alright, or hanging in there, how are you? And that's very important, because, like, immediately after you say whatever it is you said, you have to be like, how are you? So that people don't linger on 
whatever you've just said for too long and you've already like passed the ball back to them can i can i give you a few suggestions yeah well just just one suggestion actually well no two okay one is my my coworker's favorite saying and his is well every day is better than the next okay (laughs) right very profound okay exactly it means everything's getting worse every day ah yep every day is better than the next Uh, the second one is uh the cultural shift that bo burnham the comedian has brought into this i'm not saying i support the man he's fine i don't really care either way but i do like that when people ask how when you're doing you can say i am not doing great and just be like (laughs) i I was just quoting bo burnham oh he's a scapegoat he's a scapegoat you can blame him Okay, okay, okay. And then you've kind of thrown them for a loop because, like, your first response was, I'm not doing great. But then you've kind of, like, taken it back a little bit. But also, like, Mm. have you taken it back? You didn't. You just pivoted. You've you've confused them and confuddled them. And I like that. Yeah. That's why I like, that's also why I like the first statement, too. Because most of the time when you just quickly say, like, oh, every day is better than the next, people are like, Oh, he's doing good. Because the words better were in it. Every day is a winding road. <laughs> Every day is, is a winding road. I'm amazed that song came to my mind so quickly because it has been 15 years since I've heard it. Uh-huh. That's what I'm here for, to remind you of a better time. Thank you. I guess. I, appreciate it. I don't know if before it was a Y2K. better time. Before Y2K. Before Y2K. And before, it was 100 degrees every day. Yes, which is also the fault of Y2K. Yeah. The computers made the planet hot. I I feel like it's just, they were just right that everything was going to crash. They just mislabeled the time. Like, remember in college <laughs> when every few weeks we went through a Mayan, everybody was going to be sucked up to heaven thing? Yeah, yep. It was kind of like that, where, like, every time it would happen, they'd be like, oh, we did the math wrong. It's another three months from now. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I love that. <sighs> Just keep us on our toes. Keep us guessing. Keep us guessing, Mayans. I love that after all this time, you can still surprise us at every turn. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> my favorite thing about the Mayans. <laughs> that Yay. And their sweet fucking... You know those weapons that are like the long thing and you put the shaft in the middle and then you whip it forward with your finger so it like flies super fast? It's like a bow and arrow, but instead of being like a bow, it's just like a flat thing that goes on your arm that you like mm. use like a... I'll look it up later. Okay. I'm. <laughs> they have a very cool weapon that I like. Okay. All right. I'm into that. Yeah. That was it. That was all I was trying to say. Perfect. I don't know why anybody lets me talk. I don't know why I'm on this <laughs> podcast. I should shut up, but here we are. Would you like to talk about a book? Mommy, oh one of God. Mommy's workbooks? Can, can we bring one of Mommy's special workbooks up right now? Yeah, please? yeah, yeah. Um, I, Mommy, I guess, as I'm going by for the rest of this podcast, Your which makes now. me feel... Makes me feel very bad. Uh-huh. Um, Mom, mommy would like to talk about Endling with you. Okay. I'd like to have a special chat time with you, my Mom- darling. Mommy's special book club. <laughs> Let's talk about Mommy's special book club. <laughs> I'm, qu- I'm quitting. I'm quitting. Oh, no. I have to quit. <laughs> this I'm is it. We've crossed a line and we'll never go back. Oh, no. Much like those men that they murdered, we must abandon ship. 
before yes. we hit a rocky shoal. Yes, and I do not have the ability to swim back to shore or clutch on to some flotsam and jetsam. Uh, or get saved by a mermaid. I don't think that happened. I think they let them die. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Oh, but the natites were there. They were there, but they said, they kept saying, we don't interfere with this shit, and we don't like that you're poisoning our waters with dead bodies. Fucking cheat-ass motherfucking, oh, you're not interfere. This book, this was Animorphs 2.0. And listen, correct. I have to, I have to say right now, remember when Landigear posted in the Discord the other day, and he was like, who's read Endling book two, part three? I need to talk to you about it. Right. I was like, and I messaged him. I was like, what up? And he's like, you realize that the hawk name is just an anagram for Tobias. And I was like, motherfucker, you're right. Hang on, hang on. What? 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 Let me see. What's his name? His, What's name? his name. Wait, wait, wait. His name is Santino. Sorry, my Rearrange notes are Rearrange the letters. <gasps> Tobias. Alex. I know. Oh my god! This is this is an Animorphs book. We told you Animorphs Anonymous was over. Mommy lied. <laughs> Mommy lied to your face. What the? F- it is. It's Tobias. It is Tobias. Right. And and yeah, there is yeah. a direct quote in this book. Yeah, from oh, an, yeah, the Riz. from an axe book. Not only that. There's themes of Kara becoming different because she's finally taking on a leadership. We're exploring Jake through Kara. And <sighs> the whole discussion about how there are no black and white morals it is all oh, gray. my God. And oh, thank goodness we have someone to ask the difficult questions. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I toddle... <sighs> Tobble, I, I don't want to say this until we get there in the book, but, like, you know where I'm going with this, I right? I do! I do, I do, I do! Oh my god, it legit, I was like, oh, so this is, we're reading Animorphs again. Like, I'm here for it, I'm not against this, I love this, it's just that when we said we were doing Apple Grant Book Club, we fucking lied, we're doing Animorphs again. Uh, yeah! Oh my god! I, I fucking loved it. Like, I, like, I want, again, I want to talk to Catherine. She'll probably never talk to us, but, like, I want to know if she was, like, I'm sure this was intentional. Like, not not to be like, hey, Animorphs fans, here you go. I kind of feel like she wanted to take a lot of the really great themes about Animorphs and kind Mm -hmm. of put them in this book for, Mm -hmm. like, a new generation. That's what I want to think. But also, was she like, he, 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 for you, Animorphs fans, here you go. Like, like, I feel like this is just stuff she cares so much about. Yeah. But like the, the Sabino Tobias thing, like that is. That's for us. That's for us, right? That's for us. That's like <sighs> how Michael Grant put Rachel into oh yeah (gasps) and when i straight said did you do that for us he's like i did that for you guys and i was like i love you so much please (laughs) please adopt me i love you so much i will be your child 
And then he hung up on us because I was a creep. And <laughs> That's definitely that how it happened. That. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> you have a restraining order. There's a restraining order now. But guess who doesn't have a restraining order? Catherine. So let's go find out what she's going on tour again. <laughs> Sit front row. Ask her multiple questions about Endling. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. That. Like. I was all excited about the axe quote. I did not even realize that Sabino was an anagram for Tobias. Honestly, I don't know that I would have initially clocked it if Landigear hadn't have posted that. And if I hadn't, uh, like, literally within, I think, 10 seconds of him posting that, I am Tim, like, what up, bro? And he was like, did you notice this? I'm like, no, listen, I'm really dumb. I just play smart person on TV. And he was like, great. <laughs> And so now I'm stealing what he's noticed, and I'm claiming credit for it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him post, and I'm like, oh, I want to message him, but I'm not done with the book yet. Casey, just go for it. YOLO, baby. YOLO. Okay. (laughs) Wow. That's exciting. Um, Love that. I I don't even... It's like... First of all, I loved this. I was reading it very, very quickly. But the last probably third of what we were reading was uh, just a nonstop goddamn thrill ride to steal what Drew always says about Cavist Crisis. It was a nonstop goddamn thrill ride. Right. Yeah. It wow. It was amazing. What an action-packed situation. Mm-hmm. Like, also, this is probably, let me look. This is definitely the longest part in this book. Oh, by far. This is like 120 pages or something. It was a lot. Yeah, this is like an Animorphs book by yeah. itself. Like, oh my god. And we went underwater to the Pemelite ship. <laughs> <laughs> the very polite Pemelite The very polite Pemelite ship where we visited the Chi. Oh my god. Oh, can I interject another thing about that, though, yeah. that I loved? Yeah, yeah. Totally not at all like Animorphs, but fantasy genre. The sword that is cursed with ancient magic? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I got so excited because it's like there's speculation. Like, is this sword? It's They thought it was set to bring about a war and spill a lot of blood, and it is. But, like, maybe to bring peace? That could be its destiny. I fucking love this, like insane like this was cursed with magic beyond all of our like tiny spells that you're aware of and this is like a huge fucking deal yeah and they kind of just brushed over it yes they did oh my god because instead we had to hear about Kara's dream which was very important and i wasn't disappointed in it but like there let's backtrack one second to the sword yeah ugh There's so much good shit. There's so much good there's, shit. There's so much good shit. Also, you know what one of the best parts was? Hmm. Luca wasn't in this part. <laughs> he was name dropped, but he wasn't in it. And is, that was great. Is that mean? No, Luca's okay. a fucking terrible person and I hate him. And I'm not going to say that I'm glad he died, but I am glad he's never going to show up in these books again. So it's kind of the same thing as saying I'm glad he died. You know what, though? 
Hmm. I don't know about this Maxim character. Me either. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I'm like, hmm. It, like, and it feels like, first of all, I, I read it Maxine every single time. Okay. And okay. I was like, great. So we're doing that the whole Darren thing of like, we really don't care about like gender names or anything like that. So I went with Maxine because I was like, they're Darren's. They, it doesn't matter, boy or girl, whatever. They don't have those hangups. So right. Fine. Um, but then I was like, oh, for sure. Like, he's already being accepted into the group, but, like, I'm, I don't trust it. And, like, I don't know, ugh. He's not being as cagey as Luca. So, like, there's not evidence that I shouldn't trust him as much. And, like, I understand that it was a very emotional circumstance under which they made their decision to travel together. But also, like, I don't know. Well, he's just... He's just such a nothing character so far. Like, he's just, like... He sucks. Like, there's nothing compelling about... Like, okay, Sabito comes on screen, he says, like, five things, and I'm like, you're my new favorite character. Maxine? Mm -hmm. Don't know. Nothing. I don't know anything about his personality. He's just a blank slate. He's just a spare dude. He's just a spare. (laughs) Kill the spare! (laughs) Oh my god. Like, I just... I don't know. Like, and I feel like that's intentional. I feel like... Oh, yeah. I don't trust that because, like, so many characters have been introduced and it's like, okay, if you're a minor character that we're never going to see again, like, still more memorable than Maxine so far. Like, like, Norbert's more memorable than Maxine so far. Like, Norbert's great. Um, Just remember when Renzo was on there, he was on there for a page and a half and we fucking stabbed the guy for... for five episodes before he showed back right absolutely like and when luca came on we're like oh immediately like we don't like this guy yeah and now maxine comes on and we're like hmm i don't know about this like it i feel like our guts are correct i'm like is he gonna be like the david of this book no i mean it's not possible because no one i could is as no bad. One, is as bad no as David. Is as bad as David. But maybe Maxon is the one that's going to do it. Like, as soon as... This is jumping ahead, but as soon as he was like, he's dead because of you, I was like, oh my god. I, I just, like, upset. My I got parents very upset. are gone because of you and you're forcing me to fight. God damn it, Casey, you're right. I literally, my first thought, I was like, oh shit, this is bad. Like, This is the David... He's going to try to kill Tobias the Hawk, whose name I've forgotten completely because it's an anagram for Tobias. We're just going to call it. It's like, Renzo's Gambit, Sabino's Tobias. That yeah. They have been renamed, rechristened by us because we don't remember their actual names. <laughs> well, I've got Renzo down now. Okay, yeah, 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 that's true. And then I had to learn about these new bird things, the Nizzy or... Oh, the... the Drizzy or... Sc- Scuttle, Scoozy, Scoozy, Scoozies, Oozies. I don't know. Should we? <laughs> should we just fucking talk about the books? Since yeah, we like, probably should <laughs> just talk about these books. Um. Okay, like this part was so fucking long, and I just tried to like eliminate everything that wasn't relevant. So if there's anything I'm missing, feel free to interrupt and be like, "Oh, this thing," because um, nah. this part was so long. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, here we go. When we last left off, Bix was on the island with her friends and she found a Darren. 
the Darn is older than her father. Like he's he's an old man. And she uh-huh. runs up to him and she comes within inches of him and in a shaking voice introduces herself. He stares at her for a minute, very confused, and then he finally snaps, Who are you? This isn't what I expected. And she's just shocked that he doesn't understand the significance of this moment and like what she's feeling. And he's going on like, are you here to replace me? Why would they send someone so young? And uh, Bix is kind of saved by Kara, who steps forward and kind of introduces herself and the rest of their party. And the old Darren says he didn't expect them. He was told to look for uh, like two spies and a soldier and a smuggler or something. In Um, a trench coat. In a trench coat. On each other's shoulders. A very tall. (laughs) Yes. A very tall figure. sorry. A slender man. A slender man in a trench coat. <laughs> uh, um, also, his name is Alexor. Alexis. Oh, yeah. Alexa. Alexis. David, ew. Ew, David. See, that's another thing. If his name is Alexis, which it's going to be now forever <laughs> then it only makes sense that his son is David. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, and no. by the oh, transitive no. properties of Shit's Creek... <laughs> Because as we all know, in Schitt's Creek, David was Alexis's son. Yes, of course. In a very sibling-esque emotional sure. way. <laughs> Don't worry, it's his sister. Anyway. Oh, God. Um, yeah, his name is Alexor. And Kara's like, you need to explain what's going on. And he is like kind of refusing. And then Gambler steps forward and bares his teeth at him. And Alexor's like, okay, I guess you can come into my building um, which turns out to be like a barracks or a dormitory type thing. Um, yeah. And th- they kind of ask him like, okay, what's this all about? And he doesn't really answer. And Kara's like, okay, gambler, you can eat him. And he's like, no, 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 please. Would you make my son an orphan? And Bix is like, uh, you're what? There's another one? Um, but they kind of brush over this and they start getting information out of this guy. And basically he's using the island to transport refugees from Nadara into Drayland. And then to transport Draylon spies into Nadara. So it's basically like a big shuttle service. Um, yep. And then they find out he works for the, the Khazar Sigdret. And his job is to question people he transports for the truth or lies. And Bix is like having a fucking breakdown in the corner. Because she's like, this is the Darren I've been dreaming about meeting. He kind of fucking sucks. He does. He super sucks. Ah, uh, Yeah. Which, like, I figured that was going to happen because we oh. can't have nice things in books like these. Ugh. Well, it's like nice Darren don't survive. Like, he didn't get yeah. by because he was a nice guy. That's very true, though. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, no, it's it's very true. That's a good point. What are you doing, Lena? She's hanging out. She's coming down. Um, for treats. Like for meows. Uh, let's see. Kara asks him how he makes the island obey him, and he tells her that the Natites command it. Um, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And Kara says, "If the Natites and the Terramets are on Draylon's side, then there's no hope for Nadara." Um, and Alexer is apparently waiting for a galley to show up. Um. And Kara's like, okay, well, we got to get the fuck out of here before that happens. And Tobble says, like, oh, hey, the boat might outrun a galley if the wind's in our favor. And they're starting to, like, plot and escape. 
They hear another voice at the door, and Bix turns and realizes there's a second Darren. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. That's the first chapter. Excellent. I don't think you missed anything. That was great. Oh. <laughs> I like how most of the Darren names have X's in them. Yeah. This is something I've noticed. Except for, like, Bix's mom. But pretty much everyone else has an X in their name, I think. They make great use of the front and back half of the alphabet. <gasps> yeah, that's true. Because, mm-hmm. like, Bix and Maxine have Y's in their names as well. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I gotta let my cat out of the room. <laughs> Cat's out of the bag now, guys. Cat's out the room, go! Oh? Surprise cat? No, I just had to... I told her to go. Go get out of here! <laughs> Leave! Get out! <laughs> I don't want you anymore! <laughs> uh, yeah, so other Darren shows up. His name is Maxin. And he's about Bix's age, which, like, okay. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Um, and they just kind of stare at each other for a minute. And finally, Kara breaks the silence and once again introduces everyone to this new uh, person. And he asks what's going on. And Kara's like, oh, your dad is a tool of the Kazar. That's what's going on. And he's like, oh, I know that already. I meant what's up with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Of course my dad's a tool of the Kazar. Oh yeah, I knew my dad my dad was a piece of shit. Well what's going on with you guys? The Vizzer. The Vizzer. Sorry. The Vizzer. The Vizzer. The of course my dad works for Vizzer 3. Oh yeah. We do that. Because he's a Oh my god! Casey. Uh oh, what? His dad's a spy agent for the oh, government. No. Oh, and he's going to reveal later he had, like, a pet snake named Spawn. Oh, I was just thinking of that. Oh. Like, a cat named, like, Megadeth. <laughs> he's David, isn't he? Oh, no. He's David. He's absolutely David. Oh, no. What have you done, Catherine? Catherine, no. Catherine, Catherine why have you done this to us Catherine. again? Catherine, <laughs> What is this accent? Catherine. Catherine. Alexis. <laughs> the baby. The baby. Oh my god. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anybody who hasn't watched Shit's Creek will think that we are having like a stroke, a we- communal stroke. We told them last week or last podcast whatever the fuck that to go watch Shit's Creek. I remember sitting in this chair and being like, go watch Shit's Creek. Stop listening to our show. Go watch that one. Jesus. <laughs> Listen, this is free content. It's never gonna be as good as Catherine O'Hara talking about the baby. Catherine. Cat another Catherine in our lives, people. Life is not complete without a Catherine. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Back to the back to the previously scheduled uh, bullshit. Oh god! There are noises coming out of my mouth that I have never heard before. Something's happening. The cat is back. The door is open. This is fine. She just it's like a full moon. She just wants the door open. 
Yes, that's 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 cats. Catherine. Cats. Close the door, cats. Catherine. I just I keep skewing Alexis more than anyone else every time I talk. Ew. Ew, David. David. Ew. Ew. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> I just love that show so much. I'm gonna rewatch it. Oh, good, good. Me too. Okay. Yeah. So, hi. He, Maxine's like, "What the fuck's going on?" And Bix begins to explain that they have been seeking other Darns, and she gets like really choked up at this point, and she can't really keep talking. Um, and Kara takes over and explains that Bix thought she was the last one. She was the endling. And Maxine says, "We are not the last. Our numbers are small, but um, there's a there's another colony over by the Pelago River." And Kara's like, "Oh yeah, I've heard of that, but it's full of dangerous beasts, and nobody goes there." Um, That's what they said about the fucking carnivorous island. And you know what? It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was hot, but it was fine. Yes. Well, it's it was fine for a bit. It's about to be not fine. Alexa well, tells true. them to get out of there. Um, before the guys get there and Gambler's like, too late! And they all head out the door and there's a bunch of fucking people coming at them. There's like, I don't know, it's like seven of them. There's a couple civilians, but mostly like dudes with knives and shit. Um, Kara like wastes no fucking time and she yells to attack and she and Gambler just like take off after these guys and Gambler like takes two of them out and Kara breaks another one's sword in half and he runs screaming. Um, the civilians are freaking the fuck out. Renzo hits the guy with a shield and then another guy hits him and he goes down. Bix does her like slide under the guy's legs and slices kneecap thing and knocks him down. Um, it's crazy. It's insane. And, uh, at some point, like everything's kind of calm and they're getting their shit together. And then Renzo tackles Kara because she's just been shot at with an arrow um, cause the scre- yes. the screaming guy came back and brought an archer with him. Yes, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was cute. I was like, oh, listen, this is all I want in a relationship. Like, I don't need you to bring me flowers or do anything nice for me ever. Honestly, if you ignore me, I operate best, but this would be great if I'm going to be hit with an arrow. Just push me out of the way would be nice. That's cute. It's so... I ask for the bare minimum. I... It's just like, you know, if I'm not paying attention, there's an arrow flying at me. Just fucking, you know, get just, me out of there. Just move me. Get me out of the way. Yeah, just like grab me Is by the shoulders. Is so much to ask? Me. Yeah, it's, it's so simple and it's so meaningful. I don't know. It was it's, really cute. It just, it means a lot that I get to live. Yeah. For just a little bit longer. I get to live and like... Like, think about my life and maybe consider, like, smooching you later or something. I don't know. Whatever. It's mm, fine. I wouldn't go that far. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm so- sorry. They're going to smooch. It's happening. Oh, they're, yeah, they're going. So I was, again, just talking about me. Yeah, I, I was back to ignoring you. I was doing, this. like, the royal you and the royal me and the placing I whatever. I was talking specifically about my Oh, okay. Okay, yes. You, you don't smooch anyone. Never. 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 God, no. I would never. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Gross. Um, 
so Kara's fine. Uh, Alexor's not. He gets shot right through the goddamn chest. Um, and and Gambler immediately like spots this archer and just like takes him out. It's fine. Um, and the other soldier throws up his hands and surrenders. Um, immediately like a fucking wuss. what a coward like first he ran to get his his big scary friend with the bow and arrow and then once he's dead it's like oh no I'm... <sighs> whatever oh no my scary friend's dead oh no i can't do anything must be so hard for you <laughs> sorry i'm sorry fucking children are more brave than you whatever it's fine um, of course they are of course they are of course they are um okay Kara, like, holds her her sword to his throat and is like, aren't there any more soldiers coming? He says no. Um, he lied. Uh, Kara has Tobble tie him up, and she and Gambler run off towards the water to make sure the guy's not lying. And Bix is kneeling down by Maxon and Alexas. Alexas. And she's like, maybe we could pull the arrow out of his chest. And Maxon's like, no, the Khazar's men use barbed arrowheads. It's It's... We're all fucked. Um, buh, 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 buh. Car and Gambler come back and they say that the galley only has six rowers and they're going to roll back, row back to Nadara. Sorry, my speaking is becoming bad. Um, oh, no. And like in the 30 seconds that Vix turned away, uh, she turns back to Alexor and Maxon and Maxon's like, he's dead because of you. So he, yeah. It was quite a switch, honestly. I know! It's like momentarily distracted by your friends coming back, and then she turns back and he's just like, fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. He's you killed dead. everything I've ever loved. Yeah. He's dead and it's entirely on you. Yeah. And he's like staring at her with pure hatred, and that's when I was like, oh my god, David's here. Oh my god, David. Ew. Ew, David. Ew, David. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, I wasn't in love with this because I didn't like the way he treated Bix. Yes. <laughs> um. So she's crying because she's like, oh shit, I know what it feels like to lose a parent. And Maxon's like, you have no idea what I'm feeling. She's like, well, yeah, I do. But um, you need to come with us now for your own safety. And he's like, are you threatening me? I'm not going anywhere with you. And Renza's like, yeah, but there's more soldiers coming, and people tend to blame the nearest available suspects when they're angry. And Max is like, no, I'm staying here with my father. Leave us! And Kara's like, okay, come on. Like, let's go to the galley. He might come around in a couple minutes. Um, so they head over there. There's, like, six men chained up. Kara breaks the chains for them, and they're like, oh, okay. This is cool, I guess. And they're very confused. Um, Kara's like, you guys are technically free, but um, we're going to com- commandeer this galley, and you can come with us and row to freedom if you want. And one of the men stands up, and his name is Norbert, and he's like, uh, would you call on us to forsake our previous oaths and swear loyalty to her? And she says, yes, you're indebted to me, um, and to pay the debt, you have to follow my orders without hesitation, and once we reach Nadara, you can go your separate ways. Uh, the men agree to this, and Kara starts, like, giving out orders, because she's an amazing leader. Um, she has some people gather weapons and food, and other people gather water. And then she sends uh, Bix to go deal with Maxon again. 
I'm gonna switch between Max and then Maxine. I have no idea how That's this fair. I I've been switching too. Yeah. Uh, so she goes back to him and tries to convince him to come along again, and he's like, "Nah, I kind of want to like do something for my dad, like maybe a funeral pyre or something." And Gambler's like, "I'll take care of it." And then he kind of like stands up and like slumps towards the galley with Bix. He just kind of like resigns himself to come along at this point. Um, Isn't like a funeral pyre such a weird choice too? I don't know. Like I just didn't expect like not so much like what are the Darren's rituals at end of life, but just like, hey, we're trying to escape really fast. Real quick, can you build a giant cairn and burn my dad's body, which will set up a signal fire to anyone around us That's a, with lots of smoke? That's a good point. That was where my head went. I was like, no, cover your tracks better. But, you know, whatever. Unless it's like, because Darrens are often hunted for their fur, maybe it's like, don't give them any fur. That could be. I don't know. Viking funeral. Set him out in a boat. Oh my god, he was already on an island (laughs) boat. They could have just shot at him from- He was already shot with an arrow. No! (laughs) So basically what you're saying is he was three quarters of the way to a Viking funeral and they just had to get him over that finish line. Yeah, through the fire part. Oh my god, this is terrible. (laughs) Through the fire and the flames. We carry on. They carry on. Anyway. Um, so everybody comes back with their stuff. They see the enemy galley getting closer, um, and they're getting ready to go. They see smoke rising from the trees, and they're like, okay, Gambler's done. He's coming, and he comes running through the trees, and he does a flying leap onto the deck, and Renzo gives him shit for showing off, and Gambler's like, mm-hmm. I would deny it if there were not a Darren on board, which I, I lo- love. He's that. so sassy. I He's so sassy. The oh sass. my god, I love him. Uh. Did you? Oh, also the description of him being sassy, where it was just like it's like a half smirk and a whisker twitch, and I was like, I can picture that so fucking clearly. Oh yeah. You just see like a little fang sticking out as he like tucks yeah. his and lip up, and then just the little like whiskers just like twitch behind it, oh, showing a little bit of fang. I oh, adorable. I love gambler. I love gambler so much. I mean, again, I still don't have. A real favorite. Like, I fucking love them all. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is this is end of show talk. I didn't mean to, to derail I, you once again. I agree, though. Like, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, too. It's like, I don't have a clear favorite. Ah. But it might be Tobias now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm so looking forward Me to it. Uh, Maxine, thanks, Gambler, for the lighting his dad on fire. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, that was crap. It wasn't precisely how that went down, sure. but yes. <laughs> oh no. Um, everyone's like getting to work, and Bix goes over to work the drum that will set the pace for the rowers because she doesn't really know what else to do. Um, and everyone else is getting their shit together. Um, and they they set off, but the other galley is faster, and they're gaining on them. And they eventually figure out that there's a shoal ahead, and their boat might be able to clear it, but they think the other boat will be too heavy and they might run aground. Um, So Bix picks up pace on the drum, 
And Kara starts going around and giving, like, fresh water to all the rowers, and they are shocked to be shown such kindness. Um, which is cute. Kara is a good person. Uh, they are chased for many hours. The men are getting exhausted. Even Bix is getting exhausted, even though she's only doing a fraction of the work. Um, and finally, the other galley is close enough that she can actually distinguish the faces of the people on it. Um, Bix shouts arrow, and um, the other men on the other galley start shooting at them. And Tobble's like, oh, we can raise the sail now. And they're trying to do that. And some of the rowers are getting hit in like the arms and the legs, and they're continuing to power through. Uh, Maxine gets fucking pissed and he takes one of the arrows and like hurls it back at the boat, which doesn't really do much, but Bix appreciates the, the attempt. I like the sentiment behind your action. Yeah. You've got the right (laughs) idea. Just, you know, bad execution. Yeah. Great attitude. And so, yeah, they're, they're in a tight spot, but then the sail bellows out and the boat picks up speed and they, they outstrip them a little bit. Um, they approach the shoal and they're like, oh shit, like the other galley knows about it and like this could end very badly. Um, and Tobble calls for the oars to come up and they're all temporarily concerned, but then they skim over the shoal and then they hear a sickening crunch behind them and the other galley hits it. And everybody starts cheering and then they stop cheering when they watch all of the men on the other boat like slip and fall into the water and they're screaming and they're like, oh shit, they're gonna die. <laughs> This isn't fun. Um, yeah, and Gambler says something really profound, too. Yeah, he says, it's good to survive, it, but it doesn't make it any easier to watch men die. Which is like, oh, So powerful. Um, so yeah, they watch all the other guys die, and they stop cheering, and they are quiet for a while, and they're tending their wounds. And Bix goes over to talk to Maxine and gives some water. She's like, I'm sorry for everything that's happened. And he acknowledges that it wasn't her fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. It's just what happens with war. Bix says, there's not a war yet. And he's like, I've been watching spies come and go for the past year. There's definitely a war. There's a fucking war afoot. Yeah. Come on, Bix. Yeah, Bix. Come on, Bix. Stop looking on the bright side. There is none. Come on. You're not a naive pup anymore. Yeah, you're a big dog woof woof Travis McElroy anyway <laughs> big dog woof woof big dog run Travis McElroy oh no oh fuck we- okay yep yep this is this is big this year big dog run big yeah 2021 2021 big dog run uh I'm really glad we could uh just go ahead and steal that bit <laughs> I would just I, I I realized what I was saying and I'm like I can't call Bix a dog she hates that like that's so racist did. I was racist you had to pull out of it by using I our mortal enemies, the McElroy brothers I did. As a bit. steal their bits it's okay they've been stealing our shit for for months now they I'm have. sure they have yeah someday we'll fight them for real a fist fight in a parking lot my favorite kind. <laughs> Uh, so they keep talking and she finds out Maxine has lived on the island his whole life. There used to be about a dozen Darrens there and they either moved on or died. And for the past couple of years, it was just him and his dad. Um, Bix shows him her map of Darren Holm and, um, he acknowledges that there used to be a thriving colony of them, but it's down to just them now. Um, she brings up the Pelago River colony and then... 
she's kind of like, actually, he looks really fucking tired. I'm going to, like, not bother him with this right now. So she goes and gets him a blanket. And he says, his cold toes. His grandma toes. toes. <laughs> Cover grandma Maxine's toes. Cover an old lady's toes. God. <laughs> uh, he says Dabiro, which is Dernish for thank you. Uh, she responds in kind, and he falls asleep. And then she joins Tobble at the helm, and he says that he is genuinely very happy for her. And one more Darren means there's still hope. She says Dabiro to him, and she says she will never be able to repay him for his friendship. He says that she can repay him by taking the tiller for a bit because he is tired. And she feels a strange, unfamiliar feeling, and she realizes it is joy. Ouch. You know what I'm really hoping for? Yeah. At the end of this story, what would be amazing is if instead of Bix, like, I, I'm i extrapolating a lot here, okay? Like, I don't know that any of this will come true. But instead of Bix having, like, some sort of weird redemption arc with Maxine and them falling in love and going off and continuing on to the Darren line. God, I hope that doesn't I would happen. love, I hope that doesn't happen. I would love for Bix instead to choose, like, listen, fulfilling friendship is so much better than an unfulfilling relationship and just go sailing on the high seas with Tobble for the rest of her days. Yeah! That sounds like an amazing, fulfilling, wonderful story. Yeah! That sounds so fun! right i love that i love that too like fuck heteronormative relationships throw them out oh my god as soon as it was mentioned that he was like her age i was like oh no (laughs) they're trying to set i don't want this like i know that the darrens need to repopulate but i don't want this yeah no no i don't want this at all i don't want that ever no not one bit. Nope. And it very much felt like a weird, like, zoo repopulation program after this moment. I'll just let you, I'll let you recap the book before I make these wild <laughs> fucking statements. No, I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. And I'm like, well, what if Bix is ace or something? Like, let's not, let's not be hasty yep. here. Ugh. Seriously, let's not be hasty. Again, fulfilling friendship, sailing the high seas. Fuck yeah. Pirate I, adventures with Tobble. Listen, I don't know if they have that on Facebook as sexual preference, but if I could put <laughs> friendship on the high seas, that would be mine. Fuck yeah. <sighs> oh, okay. Here they come. Here they come now. Um, <laughs> here comes the Nate. Here comes the Natites. So they sail for a while. Um, by late afternoon, they cross into Nadara, and they're feeling pretty good about it. And then, like, a bunch of Natites just ambush them and jump onto the deck of the boat. And their leader is called Embectril. And he's like, put that sword down, Kara. Put that sword back where it came from. Put that sword back so where it came from, or so help me. I'm so sorry. That's great. As soon as you started saying it, I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> and they perform a musical, and it's great. <laughs> Or so help me. So help me. Okay. Yes. I'm done. Um, he's like, yeah, don't do not do that. We've got more Natites surrounding your whole boat. Um, he starts talking to Kara and she's like, so yeah, you're Kara. You play, you've already paid the blood tax, but you only paid it to the, go to the Isle of Scholars. And she's like, okay, I didn't mean to violate the rules, but like we had no choice and we were being pursued. And he's like, but you're not being pursued anymore. Ha ha. 
idiot. What a fucked up caveat. A- like, oh, sorry, now that I'm not being pursued, I'll fucking teleport to the nearest yeah! landmass? Like, fuck a you. warrior-ass bullshit. Yeah, this is this is some serious did-not-read-the-fine-print bullshit. Yeah, ugh. Nobody likes this. Um, nobody likes this. And then, then they're kind of like, "Oh, wait how did how did they know all this?" And and they figured out that natites can communicate over long distances, just like teramants. They're a hive mind, a hive or mind. they have chi internet that they're all connected <laughs> to and hear each other's thoughts. Uploaded to the cloud, the cloud of natites, the chi cloud, mm. the ch- chowder, chowder, chowder. It's chowder. Clam cloud. chowder. Clam chowder. The cheat cloud. Uh, Emectril calls her Karasand of the Donatis at some point, and Norbert kind of looks at her like, what? Um, and Kara says they're looking for more Darren's, and Emectril's like, oh yes, I recognize Bix from from before. Um, and from TV. Yeah, it's Bix from TV. Uh, they talk some more. Humans are the thralls. Kara says they're free men. Emectril's like, that's a land affair and none of our business. Uh, Kara gets pissed and she's like, how is that none of your concern when you're allowing the sentient islands to move spies and traitors back and forth between the two nations? For real. And he's For real. And, Great question. Yeah. And he like kind of sneers at her and he's like, would you lecture us on a political matter? And the war yes. does not matter to them. And Bix says that's a lie. And Emectril amends a statement and says that we Natites do what we want when we want, basically. And Kara's like, You're, you do what you want and that'll result in tens of thousands of deaths. And that kind of trips him up a little bit and he's like, this matter requires further thought. All the other Natites jump off the deck and then a second later the entire boat starts sinking and they realize they're trapped in this bubble and they're going underwater, <laughs> just like traveling through the water like a submarine and they're just watching Casey, yeah would you say that they came down in a bubble dog <laughs> <laughs> the natites were a witch <laughs> you wore a crown and came down in a bubble i'm gonna stab him <laughs> so, so, so in a bubble bro Oh no, it's true. It's true. Her sister was a witch. Her sister was a witch. What was her other sister? A princess. <laughs> you gonna look at me? You're gonna tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? Grow up, dog. Grow up, bro. Grow up. God. Um. So yeah, they're in a. Came down in a bubble, bro. They're underwater. They're passing through schools of fish and shit. Um, and they come across a submerged city made of spiraling coral. And they go to the center of the city and they see a lot of natites managing these areas of eggs. And there's tadpoles. And Renzo's like, this must be some kind of nursery. Um, and the ship finally lands in this big open space. And they're like, if this bubble pops, we're all fucked. And we're entirely at the <laughs> natites' mercy. Fucking bubble, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry. Every time you say bubble now, it's... They came down in a bubble. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Perfect. I'm sorry. <sighs> I don't know why I'm like this. You just you just love that, that video. 
It's fine. I just love that vine so it's much. It's so good. <sighs> uh, what else? Emectrel announces he will take everybody but the thralls with him. And Maxine is like, how can we leave the bubble, bro? And Emectrel's like, don't worry about it. And he starts chanting this theurgic spell. And Bix feels like there's jelly and goo surrounding her entire body. Emectrel steps out of the bubble and motions for them to follow. Kara goes first, the rest of them come after her, and Bix finds that she can breathe, but she feels like she's moving through water, so she can feel, like, the resistance as she's walking. Um, they make their way through the water, they see more of the, the eggs and the, and the tadpoles and more nursery shit, um, and they finally come to this large building, which has, like, a cube inside of it, and when they step inside the cube, it's like being in air again. Uh, Emectral says this is called an interface, which is a place where natites can allow air breathers to hang out and chill. And Bix says she is not chill because they are still miles beneath the ocean, and that's scary. More Animorph stuff? Being scared of the ocean? I don't know. It's up to you to decide. It's, like, it's just so weird that they call it the interface. Like, that's such a modern word for, like, a high fantasy novel. The interface. It's the interface. The Macintosh interface. interface. The distant future. The year 2000. I poked one. It was dead. <laughs> the humans are dead. <laughs> yes. I agree. It's kind of a strange... It's like just a very technological word for an underwater... Perhaps. ...where they meet on coral chairs. Perhaps the Natites are aliens? Interstellar, intergalactic. Planetary, planetary. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I mean, <laughs> intergalactic. Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic. Okay, yes. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, that would, again, put our chi theory forward. Oh my god, they're the chi. They're just, they're just more aquatic. God, and I hate yeah. them, and they're like, oh, we're not going to interfere with anything. Except when we want to. What if? Yeah. What if? Yeah. Hear me out. Okay. The fucking underwater mutated mermen from Animorphs yeah. found the Pemelite shit. Yeah. And had babies? And then used Pemelite technology to mutate themselves. Oh my god. the Nate Is Endling just like an Animorphs AU at this point? Like, <laughs> Fuck. I think that depends on who you ask, and if it was us, yes. If it was anyone else, no. What if, what if, yeah. the Animorphs screen adaptations, they, like, put some of these species in the background as, like, Easter eggs? Like, you just see, like, a Darren walking around at some point. What if it's... The Apple Grant Cinematic AU. Yeah. Where we do crossover. But, like, Ivan comes in, too. Oh. And, like, Crenshaw comes yeah, in. Yeah, it's like Space Jam, a new legacy, but we visit all the <gasps> Apple Grant books. In front lines, what if somehow they're doing that, and then in the background, we see the whole, all of them bop in through time travel, oh. and there's the whole Hitler driving the car. Oh, thing. my God. Just picture it. Apple Grant Cinematic AU. Oh my, it's all connected. It's all coming together. Oh my god. 
Oh my! I'm gonna have to start putting these books on the wall and then red yarning between yeah! all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like that's still from uh, from It's Always Sunny. Always Sunny. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! I love that. Yeah. This is. I think this is genius. This is the way. Oh my god. Oh my god. And then they can pass like a wish tree in one of these. Oh scenes. yeah. They don't even have to really explain it. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. How does the romance book fit into it though? I we haven't read it yet, That's but true. I have to imagine that it's any one of the undersea adventures. Like maybe that's the boat that the animorphs are on when Jake does the math and says like going 1 mile an hour oh, yeah, 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 yeah. is 60 miles yeah. and they're all like everybody was like Jake, you're such a mathematical genius. And he's like, stop mocking me. And they're all like, we're so impressed by your math skills, Prince Jake. <laughs> Poor Jake. Yeah. <laughs> he shouldn't have been a dumbass. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like, oh, no. you know what I mean. Poor Jake. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh. So, yeah, they're in the interface. Um. Another Natite comes in, and this is, like, an actual, like, really nice and cheerful and welcoming person. Um, she... Yeah! Her name is Grendwaleaf. Yeah, sorry, repeat that again? Grendwaleaf? I have no idea. Grendwaleaf. Grendwaleaf. It's like Guinevere, but, like, Grendwaleaf. Grendwaleaf? Ah, Grand Wallaf, that sounds right. Grand Wallaf. Okay, yeah. She's like she's gigantic. She's like three times bigger than a Mechtrail. She could crush him with her hand. Um and she is the elect of the hatchery. Um she commands a Mechtrail to bring them refreshments, and this is where the axe line comes in. She's like, What are those things that humans use to put their fatty rear sections on? And he's like, You mean chairs? Like directly from book eight when Axe goes to school and he's like, I've learned what sitting is. It's when humans put their fatty deposits down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... I... Whatever. I I was delighted. No, it's... You're absolutely right. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was subliminal that they just wrote that. I don't know. Like, it's gotta be... Because, like, yeah, that was book eight, so they would have written that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. They just love talking about fatty deposits. Fatty deposits and sitting in chairs. I like fatty deposits and I cannot lie. You other close relations to my family cannot argue <laughs> with me when I say... <laughs> <laughs> what song did That we- when your preferred... Gender or otherwise of similar species enters the interface and throws those fatty deposits in and around your eye receptors. (laughs) Then you get to prepare your body for copulation. I was like, how are you going to say that? How are you going to say that part? And that's how I chose. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've written you this song. Thank you for this new version of 
of what would you call this? What would you title this this new song? I would call it "Infant Has Fatty Deposits." <laughs> <laughs> Look out for that hot single dropping. Yes, soon that, that good cover that we just wrote. And it really is just spoken word slam poetry the whole time. Right. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh butts. Just butts. <laughs> just just the butts everywhere. Do you think I'm too mature to laugh at somebody saying butts? You'd be fucking Fucking wrong. wrong. Take that motherfuckers. I'll laugh at the word butts. <laughs> but So, they get chairs for their fatty deposits, and Grinwilief is like, I want to try one, and she sits on one, and she's like, yeah, this is not for me. Um, they are fed some <laughs> raw fish and plants and tea. Kara's like, so why are we here again? And Grinwilief is like, it is my task to discover your purpose. Let's get started. Um, so Kara tells Grinwilief some of the basic shit, like, it's basically like a recap episode for this chapter. It's like they freed the thralls. They're looking for more Darren's. Bix family was murdered, etc. Um, yeah. This. Why did they have a recap in the middle of? Book I don't two? know. There were a couple <laughs> spots where they were recapping things, and I'm like, didn't we already recap this? Like, what? They were probably like, it's part two. We have to have the beginning. Hello, my name is Bix. I can't tell you where. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't have that format to to right. go back on. They just like knew deep down. They're like, I feel like we need to reintroduce something. Yeah. I need a reminder. I, I, I need a reminder what it's like to introduce our characters again. Again. Remember the days when we could introduce our characters as much as we want. <laughs> Those were... What is this fucking accent I'm defaulting to every single time we do this? I don't know. I don't it's know either. I, it's just the spirit of something is possessing me. Well, as long as it's not like a Richard Stink type character or anything like that. I don't know who that is. Oh, it's recent Mabim Bam stuff. Oh. It's that irritating perfume oh, guy. Oh, dick cheese. Uh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. I remember that. It's all, it's all coming back. Cool. Um, this is where we get to the sword part where um, uh, Grunwilief looks at Kara's sword and she's like, yeah, there's a bunch of fucking theurgy and spells surrounding this thing. And the one Kara knows about are like the ones that disguise it as like a regular shitty sword. And this is where she's like, there's ancient magic around it, and there's, like, prophecy, and it's time is coming, and all that shit. Um, the Maytites see deep, man. They do! They see into the timeline. They can see the fluctuations of the butterfly deep effect. magic. Deep magic. Are the Maytites... Aliens. Are, like... Most of them the chi, but then this giant one that was cheery is that Emelins. Yeah! Yeah! Because she's cool and the rest of them are kind of shitty. Yes! <laughs> uh, I'm still pissed that we didn't get a Pemelites Chronicles. 
Yeah, me too. That would have been awesome. I feel like it would have redeemed the chi, like, quite a bit. Maybe. Maybe. Or made us hate them more. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe the Pemelites didn't die. Maybe the chi murdered <gasps> them to become their own creatures. They had a robot uprising. They had a robot uprising, and then once they gazed upon the corpses, the mangled corpses of their dead masters, that's when one chi said, never again, and created... <sighs> the fucking uh you know whatever yeah the the crystal the protocols or whatever the the pacifier chip thing Mm -hmm, the pacifist chip the pebbleites are dead the pebbleites are dead you poison their asses i poked one it was terrible terrible oh my god i kind of love that though like the chi like, lied about, like, the Pemelites all dying from that virus or whatever, but it's like, no, you killed them! You killed them! Okay, new theory. The Chi killed the Pemelites. Discuss. Alright, um, but for now, uh, yeah, so the sword is, is prophesized or some shit. Um, and this is where we find out what Kara's dreams are, and Kara admits she has a dream of returning to her father and raising an army to stop the war. And she seems a little embarrassed to admit this out loud. Bix is surprised by it. And Gambler and Renzo are not surprised by it. Uh, yeah, that's because someone's been doing the fucking homework. Go, Renzo. It's because they're, yeah. Oh, what if they talk to her about it? They fucking, they absolutely talk late into the night. And of course, Cute. Gambler just knows because he is their biggest fan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want like a nice scene between Renzo and Kara. We see everything from Bix's perspective, but I want to see them like hang out. I super thought after the end chapter that we were going to see something (sighs) like an, an, like a speed. But again, see, this is again something that fucking Catherine and Michael do that we don't see anywhere else, which is characters will have their own developing yes. relationships off screen that we will never hear yes, about. Yes, and it's only implied, and we can only speculate. It's only implied. Fuck! Oh, and I fucking love it so I much. love it, but I hate it because I want to know. Why? I want to know too, but Ugh. like, why are they so good at books? I don't know. I'm mad. I'm mad at them. I'm mad at me. I'm mad at... I'm mad at everybody. I'm just I'm mad. Just mad. I'm just plain mad. Ugh. Fuck. Oh my god. This chapter. Um, So yeah, Kara wants to stop the war. Uh, Grenwilief says there will be much blood spilled to make this peace. Um, And she admits that the Natites are not neutral. Um, They do not agree with the Murdano or the Khazar. And they agree that the annihilation of species will spread devastation to all other living things. Uh, Bix is like, well, why can't you guys stop the war yourselves? And Grenwilief says they can try, but their power is limited, and the greed of humans and Felovitz is endless. Uh, Renzo's like, so what are you going to do with us, then? She thinks for a minute, and then she turns to Kara and says, we will not interfere at this time, but if you come to power, remember this day, remember the debt you owe to us. And Bix expects Kara to be like, fuck you, but Kara says she will remember right. the kindness and be a friend to their people. <laughs> Sir, horse yeah, I was about to say it's like there, there a horse over there. No, I'm just, I'm just so exasperated with this. Like, like this is, they're literally just like, hey, 
we kidnapped you, we brought you under the ocean, but if we promise to let you go and not kill you after kidnapping you, you should be grateful to us. Yeah. No, fuck you, actually. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But, power move to gain their their allegiance. I do, yeah. like, I understand why Kara did it, but, like, fuck the Natites. Yeah. They're not... I mean, it's an interesting dynamic for sure, like, to have this, like, party who's kind of just, like, they want to be kept abreast of everything, but they're not, like, committing yeah. one way or another. Um, yeah, imagine that. Yeah. People who can just pass along information without getting involved in the war. <laughs> How do we feel about a species that did they that? They're the chi, they are! <laughs> they're the chi of this book. They are. Ugh, it's frustrating. It's super frustrating. It, like... And there's, like, there's core differences. Like, you could definitely make an argument that this is not the Chi, but, like, there's so many similarities, mm-hmm. too. And I feel like they are better rounded than the Chi were. <laughs> but, like, they're not good. Yeah. Ugh. Well. When we told you guys this was an Animorphs book, we, we weren't, weren't There's. Yeah. Yeah. So many similarities in small ways and so- in big ways. Yeah, and in some ways, that's just figments of our imagination that we're going to force on you until you read the books for yourself. <laughs> Agree with us. <laughs> Agree with us, or, or I guess don't listen to this free <laughs> podcast. Uh, yep. Okay, so the Natites return the boat bubble to the surface, bro. Everyone's very excited to be... Not under the ocean. Um, at some point, Norbert pulls Kara and Bix aside, and he's like, "Hey, we didn't know you were a Donati. Like, I myself am sworn to the Corpley family, which is Luca's clan." Um, and he's like, "Your dad and and your people still raid on Corpley land." And Kara kind of clenches her jaw, but says that there have been mistakes made on both sides, and since there is a war looming, her father would have them be allies. Norbert says this is not his decision to make and that he follows his lord, but he will keep his oath to her. And although he feels obligated to tell his lord all he knows, um, and Kara says, oh, by the way, tell him his son is dead, though it was not by my hand nor by my will. Which, it was by our will, but whatever. Um. (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't have to tell him that. We're not sworn to the Donati or the Kapali or whatever. Corpley. We're not sworn to either of them. We don't have to tell anybody shit. Corpley. Um, Corpley. Corpley. Uh, Kara tells him she would offer her hand in friendship to end the feud between the families, and he's like, okay, I'll tell him. Um, a couple minutes later, when they're alone, Bix tells Kara that she has changed a lot, and Kara does not disagree on this front. Um, Kara. Kara is Jake. Kara is Jake. Uh, Bix says, you are a warrior, though, and we all follow you. And Kara's like, the thralls follow me because I freed them. I I almost said feed them. That's wrong. Um, Gambler doesn't really follow anybody, and I have no idea why Renzo follows me. And Bix is like, you don't? I guess she'll figure that out later. (laughs) Yes. He loves you. He loves you. And, like, I feel like it's, it's like... Kind of, she's kind of blind so okay this really reminds me of like early jake right where like 
I'm not really the leader. They say they follow me, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I don't know why they do. Like, this really reminds me of that part of his journey. Because, like, Gambler fucking follows her. She doesn't, like, strictly order him around. Like, Jake, never order them around at uh-huh. first. But, like, he clearly follows her. They all clearly follow yeah. her. Yeah. Anyways, this is the moment where we can start our dissertation on how Kara is going to follow the leader hero's journey. And descent into madness at the end. Oh no! You either die a hero or live long enough to become a very jaded war hero that is morally corrupted. Yep. Oh no, I'm sad now. What was the quote from the Discord? Is like a friends who do war crimes together. <laughs> I can't something, remember. Something. I can't remember. I can't. I, I heard can't about this secondhand. I I cannot give you the quote. Did you? Yeah. Oh my god. I think you told me about what it happens? after the fact. I don't know. What happens? Like, do we just black out and live two different Discord experiences? I just I I'm only in there. I only dip in like a couple times a day. I feel like. Oh, I'm there 24-7. Yeah, I can't do that. I would... I can't. I just can't. Oh, I want to die, but I am there 24-7. No, don't be there all the time. It's, you, don't have, <laughs> you don't have to survey everything all the time. It's, listen, I'm just waiting to get in a good pun. Like, this this really paid off the other day when Owl Gal said, daily reminder to take your meds, and legit, I saw her <laughs> typing, and I was like, she is typing... I mean medicine, or meds or medicine. So I literally saw it happening. I saw the bubbles, and as fast as I could, I was like, what are meds? And she typed she typed in, meds or medicine after that, and then was like, could you fucking let me finish my joke? And I was like, no, I troll the Discord for opportunities like this. Like, there's a reason that I am losing my mind and just oh out of God. control, and it's for moments like this. Oh, no. And I feel like that was an unfair assessment. I feel like I helped her. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. I didn't. Uh, But I like to feel like I did. Sure. (laughs) I'm so sorry. We can continue. Oh, you were playing in the same space. I just wanted to help her joke. And I thought that I could help with setup and I couldn't. And then I got so self-conscious that the next time the meds or medicine joke was presented to me, I sat back and it was fucking glorious. So thank you, <laughs> Gal, for teaching me a valuable lesson about not always having to participate. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know, the more rainbow. <sighs> I'm uh, sorry. I've taken you so far off the rails. I'm so sorry. I don't even know where we are anymore. Uh, we were talking to Kara about her journey into leadership. Yeah, and she apparently is either feigning or really is oblivious as to why Renzo follows her. It's because he's in love with you. He's so in, in love, love with, you. with you. He likes that girl a lot, he says. Um, she goes on to say she does not yet have a dream about overthrowing the Murdano, um, but right now all she knows is she would like to stop the war. Uh, Bix says she trusts Kara and believes in her and they will follow her, although she does not know if Maxine will. Kara says that Maxine has no reason to follow her, um, but he might follow Bix because she's all that he has left in the world. 
Uh, (laughs) okay tell me about it like i just i hate this i hate this like the two of you must be together because you're the the last two like it doesn't feel like the two of you have to stay together for like moral support and because you like each it it wasn't like they immediately liked each other it's literally like everybody's like nope you two just go together now so travel together be together forever because like that's your only option. And I fucking hate that. And the only time that I found it acceptable was slightly later. Can I jump ahead just a yeah, second? Yeah, yeah, Okay. When they're sent, like, when Kara's like, you two will travel together because you have to go find the other colony of Darren's. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I get that, right? Because you want to send the two Darren representatives, especially, like, if you're on the journey, one of them dies. You want to still have your representative go and, like, be able to get these people to listen to them. That I get. No other part of this did I like. Yeah, because they, like, and, like, we'll get to it in, like, the next chapter, but it's, like, they have no chemistry. They have no camaraderie. Like, they're just, like, oh, you're a Darren, I'm a Darren. That's it. Like, yeah, and it's and I don't even need chemistry. Like, oh, they love each other. and they're No, it's, like, Like, they can barely talk to each other. They, yeah, they can't interact at all. They, like, clearly have two extremely different experiences. They don't even have the commonality of, like, oh, here's our shared Darren heritage. Like, let's bond over, like, when we were little and, like, our language. Like, it pops up. Yeah. But then they just drop the subject completely. Like, and I'm really hoping they'll explore this more, but, like, Bix is so close to her new, like, found family of, like, random misfits and that mm-hmm. is so, like, strong and powerful. And I hope that eventually they'll be like, just because you're the same species with everyone doesn't mean, like, you can form that same kind of bond with them. So I really hope they right. continue to double down on this found family thing and say, like, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. And, like, yeah, and if I know if I know my Catherines and my Michaels, yeah. they will double down on the found yeah. family. Yeah. This is but, kind like, of why I think Maxine is going to, end up like betraying her like not being what she hoped for or some shit i you know what i also wouldn't mind if maxine was just sorry <laughs> thought of a joke halfway through that oh no i wouldn't mind if maxine was just there to be like you found your ultimate goal of another darren and it was disappointing so move on to something that's yeah. better. like realize that your initial dreams aren't where you have to end up like that yeah. feels like a very good message to me yeah yeah that's it a... <sighs> yes <laughs> <laughs> well and it's just like Throughout this book, it's like they're setting things up and they're setting up these certain beats that high fantasy tends to take. But then they like don't they don't it doesn't pay off in the way that you think it's going to. They go like a completely different direction with it. So like I'm really hoping that they'll continue to do that. Yes, (sighs) absolutely. I feel like just to kind of take a complaint outside of this book for a second. I feel like that's what like. So. When I get book recommendations, I really kind of enjoy sci-fi. And I feel like I'm one of the few people that I know that, like, enjoys good technological Mm sci-fi. And Scott really likes fantasy books. And so he'll recommend them to me. And I'll be like, it's just, it's just, it's all the same. Like, it's different. I get it. I see the differences. But, like, 
it just kind of feels homogenized. Yeah. And it's like, it's a fantasy book. But this is like, it's a fantasy book, but there's so many twists and turns and spins on things that I'm like, this is just a really entertaining original idea. And like, that's what I want from my fantasy books. Yeah, I, yeah, I, a few months ago, I was like, you know, really into booktube and just like getting, you know, all these like fantasy book recommendations. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, this all sounds like the exact same shit, just like over and over. Like the market is so oversaturated and like, it's kind of cool that like, there's a lot of like YA fantasy and stuff that's coming out. That's not like Eurocentric. It's like pulling from like different cultures and stuff. And that's really cool. And I think that's important, but like, it's still all the same. Like, teenage girl her family's tragically killed and she's like got a rare power that no one else has and she gets you know caught and she meets this guy and they do an adventure together and they fall in love and it's just like oh my god stop (laughs) like i get it it's all the same shit it was literally like scott recommended two books to me and it was like the king killer chronicles and then ah, fuck i can't remember what the other one was but I started reading the other one, and uh, the king gets killed in the first couple chapters. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm reading the King Killer Chronicles. And then he looks at the book. He goes, no, you're not. You're reading Blah 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 series. And I'm like, the king literally died. <laughs> and he goes, well, you can tell it's the King Killer Chronicles because the king doesn't die in that one. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, what am I even reading at this point? And, like, oh, it, it's just so much, like. It feels like so many of those fantasy books are written for, like, dudes who are pedants. <laughs> this is, like, a totally... I'm sorry. I've gone, like, totally off the rails with this subject. But, like, fantasy books, like... Tolkien was an amazing writer. But, yeah, like, the dude only knew about dudes. The dude knew nothing about women. Which, right. like, he grew up in an all-boys school. He went to war. Like, I, I understand There's it. There's three but, like, women why? in that series. There's only three... <laughs> And two of them, their only role is to stand looking forlornly into the distance. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But, like, give me, like, come on. Just because it's fantasy doesn't mean we have to do this. Like, do something cool with it. Yeah. Do better. Yeah. Uh. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't need fucking... Literally... 20 chapters about how this dude learned to do magic in a caravan. Like, three <laughs> chapters would have done it for me. Yeah. Okay? That's, that's the other thing. It's like so many books are just so long. And they don't need to be so long. No. Like, seriously. Like, I don't need... You don't tell me every single, like spell and alchemy and blah 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 i can't retain that information i'm not one of those people <laughs> that can know these things like you have to repeat a name to me 86 times before i even clock that i might need to remember this oh my god casey can i take us can i take us into a like alex's shitty memory corner for a second sure yeah i literally when i'm given names to remember in a game that I need to know them for, I write them down in a book multiple times. Otherwise, I will not retain them. And I have to revisit the book in which I wrote it down. (laughs) (laughs) 
I have no ability to retain any of these details. So if you tell me 30 fucking spells and you think I'm going to know, you're going to be able to bring that up later. And I'm going to be like, oh, yes, I remember 30 chapters ago when you mentioned this in passing when he was learning magic in the caravan. It's it's going to be nothing to me. And you're going to be like, wow, wasn't that a great book? Couldn't you tell it was coming? And I'll be like, yes, because one, I'm very good at predicting plots, but not because of the hints. Yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry I went off like that. That's okay. Like, sorry it's... to. I... God. Sorry, I was just thinking about fucking a deadly education again, and how that was just like. Fucking... Oh my god, that book could have been the last ten chapters, and that would have been a perfect book. Uh, right. <laughs> but like, that's. Yes, you're exactly right. And that was one of those two where I was like, okay, this one wasn't necessarily written for pedantic men. It was just written for pedants. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, the first fucking at least three quarters, if not more, of that book was so annoying. Nothing fucking happened. It was just like, oh, here's this world I came up with. Here's all the cool shit that's in it. And it's like, I don't fucking care, Naomi. Yeah, it was literally like, let me build, like, I swear to God what happened was Naomi Novik was like, and I love her, okay? I love Temeraire. I will still, I will tell you I love her to this day, even though she hasn't done a great goddamn book since Temeraire. (laughs) True. She, when she wrote that, she was like, I can't wait to get the licensing rights to a theme park because I'm going to describe in detail how to build my theme park. And then she was like, oh, shit, better write the book. But she didn't get to that point until the last right. few chapters. Yeah, like, I felt like she was writing, like, an RPG game with, like, an explanation yes. about how all the bullshit worked. And it's like... Right, I don't need to read the manual when I'm trying to read a book. I'm not trying right. to play this. It feels like a manual. Yeah, it was <sighs> it was so rough. It, it, literally, what did it take us? Like, months and months and months to get through all those chapters, and then the last fucking three chapters, it was like, an hour. Yeah! Oh my god. The, the next book comes out in a few months, I think, and I'm like, do, uh, do I want to? Read it! I'm gonna have to, because I've read the first one, and Temeraire was so good. I Like, she's bought my allegiance with Temeraire for so long, but like, I eventually will be too abused to keep going through this. Yeah. I'm like, maybe it'll be good because the first book got all the, the fucking setup out of the way. That's what I'm hoping. Because like, I was ready to call it done. And then like, I saw the last line and I'm like, Ooh, that's a cliffhanger. Shit. I might have to read the next one. And I'm, yeah, I'm really hoping that like, now that she's explained a lot about how the school works will actually get some fucking plot. Ugh. What else could she fucking explain at this point? I don't know. <laughs> and, like, it had such a good premise to be set up as, like, a horror book. Like, you get Because we're constantly told all of these things are creeping up on you and, like, there's all these dark creatures, like, spewing out of every orifice and crevice of this school. But God. I never felt any tension because it's, like, literally, like, and here's the 30 fucking minute explanation of the precautions I've taken to get through here. It's like, no, I want you to yeet into space with your spacesuit barely <laughs> on. Like, I don't care about the safety protocols. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
You know, it was a way better book that kind of has a similar vibe. Gideon the Ninth. Oh my god. Really? You didn't, you, did you tell me to read that one? Yes, I did. Um, Okay. It's, they do, so, like, it won't really explain how, like, the magic system works. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's right. a there's a glossary in the back, which I did not know until I finished the book. And I'm like, oh, this would have been helpful, but whatever. <laughs> but it's like, it kind of doesn't matter a lot of the time. Because right. it's just so, because it's buck wild. Like, I, it's so good. I, I love that book. I'll so. read it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm so I, I mean, I, I don't know the timeline in which I'll read yeah, it, but I right, will read yeah. it soonish. Yes. At some point. I have to finish the, the, um. The Six of Crows book, the next one. The Kingdom. Crooked Kingdom. Crooked Kingdom. I knew Kingdom was in it somehow. Yeah, I have to finish that one. That one was so good. I got so much done while while I was getting tattooed. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So I was just laying there reading. It was great. Oh, God. Okay. Should we talk about Endling? Yeah, sorry. I just turned into Oops Book Club. Oops Book Club. Anyways, yes, moving on to the book that we're supposed to be talking about. Yes. Okay. They get back to Nadar. They land on Nadara land in the night, and Norbert and his company leaves, and they will not forget Kara's kindness. Um, Kara's like, hey, Maxine, I guess you have no reason to follow us, and you can go too if you want. Um, and he's like, well, are you still going to go find the Daring Colony on the Pelago River? And Carl's like, yes, but first I want to go see if we can find my father and try to get him to stop the war. If my plans change, I might not be able to accompany you. And then Gambler chimes in and says he will escort the Darrens if necessary. And Runzo doesn't really say anything. And Bix kind of assumes that he's going to go with Kara no matter what. Um... And Maxine says he doesn't want any part in the war and he doesn't want to take sides, but he will stay with Bix and that it is the best choice in a world of bad choices. Yep. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Yes, all Animorphs. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Like every fucking line of this book is just like, oh, yep, that was an Animorphs. (laughs) That's a theme. Oh, my God. Like, especially at this point, like once they land... And they're, like, traveling. It just, it ramps up in its animorphness for sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, I was uh, excited. Yeah. Um, so, they spend the night on the beach. Uh, Bix is looking for firewood. Maxine joins her. And this is where they don't really talk much, and it's kind of awkward between them. But Bix feels mm-hmm. like it's nice to have another Darren by her side. For what I, yeah. that's worth. This is, doesn't feel real. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. This is where I was kind of like, okay, but like, I don't know. Stop trying to force the Darren on us. Yeah. You're never going to make it happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's just not. And then. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, then they start traveling again and they find this like long path through these like trees and it's like a cool tunnel effect. And as they travel through it, everybody sings a different song of their people. Gambler sings sing a deep secret. love ballad. What? They sing Secret Tunnel. Secret Tunnel! <laughs> yes! That's... Okay, another thing about this book is I was getting a lot of, like, Avatar vibes. Really? I yeah. Wasn't, I wasn't picking up on that, but tell me more. I think it started here with Secret Tunnel. Ooh, see, well, okay. I can, <laughs> I can make the leap for Secret Tunnel. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was like the 
I don't know. Like it'll it'll come to me later, but I remember getting Avatar vibes at certain points, but not like nice. Anyway, um, gambler. Very nice. Gambler sings a love ballad because of course he does. Um, Kara and Renzo sing a song about a man who exploded from eating so many pies, and they are laughing and having a great old time because they love each other. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. Let's just have a not detailed fucking adorable rom com happening in the background of whatever the fuck Bix is doing. <laughs> Couldn't tune into the rom-com for five minutes. Oh my god. They're so cute. I'm Fucking dying. adorable together. Fucking dying. Ugh. Jesus. And Maxine sings the Darren version of Go the Fuck to Sleep, which I very much appreciated. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Maxine talks about tree nests and how he would build them on the island, and Bix says she did not do that because they were always on the run. Uh... As they keep traveling, they see all the forests that have been cut down for the war, and she wonders what will happen to all of the displaced animals that had lived in the woods. Which, like, kids, pay attention to deforestation kind of moment. Oh, yeah. Um, they stop to make camp, and Maxine says they could build a tree nest, and Kara's like, no, it would be too easily spotted. Um, and Bix is like, well, we can build one on the ground. So they work together. And, okay, this is interesting. So Bix asks Tobble to come help them because she wants to include him. And he's like, oh, I can't. I don't have opposable thumbs. And he, like, does his ear trick for Maxine. Um, And this is, like, the first of many instances that I found really interesting. Um, It's like, okay, can I tell you what vibes I was getting off of this? Yeah. You know when, like, when you're in, like, early grade school... And you have a crush on somebody and your friend is always there, like, encouraging you. And then when your crush notices you and you start spending time together, that person tries to, like, back off, like, super fast. Yeah. It's very obvious. Yeah. That's what I was getting, except, like, in a weird species way of I'm just getting to the last of my species, not a crush kind of a way. Yeah. He's like, okay, you found a dare and, like, I'm going to back off so you guys can spend time together. Right. And, right, so you can bond with your species, but it's weird. I, but I... <laughs> yes, and Bix feels weird about it, and she feels bad, and she is like, but I want to hang out with Tobble, too. Mm-hmm. With, and Tobble's like, I don't want to third wheel these motherfuckers. Yeah, but like, maybe she'll eventually be like, I miss Tobble, I don't like you. And, I think she feels that now. I think yeah. day one. Yeah. Minute one, she felt that way. Like, oh my god, Maxine is just, like, so nothing. He has no personality, Alex. I don't like him. He's got nothing. He's so bland. He's, he's so bland. He just, he was, like, raised with fucking no danger. He's got no backstory. He's got nothing going for him. He's super boring. And it's like, and like... You can't even sell me on the fact that, like, oh, he just lost, like, his home and his dad, and he's just, like, being really no. quiet or whatever. No! No! Because if they wanted to show that, they would, and they would make him a sympathetic character with, like, two sentences. Yep. But they're they're purposefully not doing that. I swear, like, I'm really subscribing now to this theory that, like, Maxine's just gonna be there to show you that sometimes your dreams yeah. when they come to fruition suck. Yeah! 
that's the only way that this is gonna work out for me i think Absolutely. i say that and then they'll do some beautiful literary twist that i'll be like oh i never could have thought about that and that's genius oh my god yeah Ugh. i trust them but i'm just like yeah i got my eye on you motherfucker yeah you're i mean you're not wrong maxine is boring as all get out right huh um so they build a nest on the ground. Tobble doesn't help because he's trying to, you know, give them space. Uh, and they finish the nest and Renz was like, well, Kara, maybe they could put it in like a lower branch so they could still be in the tree, but it won't be as visible. And Kara accuses him of going soft. And I'm just like, oh, my God, it's like mo- it's like mom and dad. And they're trying to, like, you know, make their uh-huh. kids happy. And I'm just dying. I shipped them so hard. <laughs> I, I ship them so hard it hurts. <laughs> oh no. So cute. Um so yeah, they, they all help get the nest into the lower branches and Kara's like, Okay, but you have to take it down before morning. Um and again, Bix tries to get Tobble to come up and like like, you know, play with them in the nest and and Tobble's like, No, nah, I'm good down here, have fun and she again feels weird and kinda worried. Uh, but she's also just happy to spend the night in a nest with another Darren, and they just get to have, like, a nice night before everything turns to shit. Yeah, this was the closest we got to a redeeming Maxine moment. Yeah. <sighs> and he was just a warm body. Right! Like, they didn't even have, like, a conversation or anything. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh my god, because, like, immediately we cut to, like, a few days later, and we just, we got nothing. Did we gloss over the whole them collecting firewood together thing? I, uh, like, briefly, I was like, yeah, she was building a fire, he came to help her, and they just, like, made awkward small talk. Yeah, they just made awkward small talk. Like, uh, yeah, there's no fucking chemistry between these two. No. No, and literally, that was the perfect setup for them to start, like, yeah, he says something that, like, she relates to because of childhood similarities in the way they were raised, and instead they were just like... Nice weather we're having, huh? Yeah. Can you hand me that stick? Give me. Can I have that stick? <laughs> the stick's pretty wet. Okay. It's a dry heat. This is dry. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. It's a bowl in there, eh? <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Chaos. Um. So yeah, no, no development there. Um, they have to pass the Kruaken Pass. I think that's what it was. I don't know. It's some pass. Um, the Murdano's men have decided to build a fortress in it. Um, and they're like, sure. we can pass it through stealth or like bribery. Um, they come up with some plan where there's like these rare creatures called Struzzi, which are like giant three-legged birds that suck. And Runs is like- They're chocobos. That- they are chocobos. Yes, correct. I Exactly. They're fucking chocobos that suck. shitty chocobos they're like cuckoo chocobos because they like steal nests and kill their own babies and shit like that yeah eat their own young yeah they're they they really and they smell really bad like they really go through an effort to like set these birds up as being like the shittiest creatures alive for later Yeah, they talk about how skunks are so much better smelling than these fucking things when they release their fear scent yay stanky Stanky, scared, shitty birds. They're struzies. Not scoozies. Struzies. Drew struzies. Struzi. This is my struzi. It's, again, Italian. 
Um, I mean, makes sense. Yeah. And the Murdano's birds. The Murdano shit birds. Just crappy birds. Um, These are the Murdano shitty birds. Shitty birds. Um, Why did they say they were greater than horses? Because they could run faster or some shit? I don't fucking remember. I thought they were just like kind of rare. They're just they're just kind of rare. They're shittier than horses, but they're kind of rare, so you can buy one for the cost of three horses. So it's basically just right. a dick it's, bigness tool. It's a cryptocurrency thing. It's an NFT. <laughs> it's a fantasy <laughs> NFT. A fantasy NFT creature. Oh my god. Non fungible shit bird. <laughs> what does this bird do? Nothing. It just says you own it. <laughs> oh, great. And it tore down half the Amazon rainforest? Wonderful! I'll take ten! <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fuck. Oh shit, what even- Oh god. Wow. How did we get here? <laughs> this is not my beautiful life. <laughs> oh my god bringing that joke back oh man <laughs> or rather just reference it's not a joke <laughs> anyways moving right along okay so they're gonna renzo's like i'm gonna steal some struzy and bribe the soldiers to let us pass um they eventually come across some like paddocks with cattle horses and struzies gambler goes and scouts ahead and informs them later there are humans and ranchers. If they hug the foothills, they can pass by unseen. So they do. And they spend the night in a grove of trees with a cool freshwater stream. Bix and Maxine are taking a swim. Again, Bix tries to get Tobble to come in. Tobble refuses. Bix feels sad about it. And she wonders if he is jealous of her newfound friendship with Maxine. And she doesn't know how to have more than one friend at a time, apparently. Same. I get that. It's hard. <laughs> How do I balance all of these friends? Listen, I can only put all of my waking energy into one, maybe two people. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. <sighs> Take a number. Uh, Carl wakes them up that night and they uh, move closer to the pass. They see the fortress. Um, they notice there's very little traffic on the road, which could mean that the Murdano is not buying from the families in the Western Plains. Um, and they're trying to basically come up with a plan. Their Renzo's theurgy is not great for stealth. Um, and Gambler reveals that he actually has some theurgic powers. Yep. Everybody's got magic up in here. Everybody got magic, but Gambler doesn't need to use his because he's a feel of it and feel of it's are awesome. Which like, okay, humble brag over here. I mean, I just fucking love that in a fantasy book, he's like, I don't really need magic. I'm just kind of a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking love that. Ugh. He's so OP, though. Gambler is, like, the most powerful character by, like, a and long shot. I don't even care, though. Like, I'm yeah. so... I love Gambler so much. You could tell me next time... That he can pull a fucking Gatling gun out of his back at a moment's <laughs> notice and then rocket ship in, in oh his feet to anywhere. He's a, I wouldn't care. He's like a Voltron lion. He's just got like he a could gun be a that Voltron comes out of his back. <laughs> I'd still be like, I love him and I think he's great. He finds, he's going to overcome. <laughs> he finds four other filaments and they all form like a Voltron filament. Oh my god. <laughs> 
full trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, the like white stripes on his face could all like glow, but then yeah. connect into like different like uh electronic like yeah. eyes that like plug into each other. Fuck oh. yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck cool. yeah. Filament lion for the win. I love this. So Feel a bit Voltron. Feel of it, Voltron, for the win. I love it. I'm in. I'm into it. I love it. I love that. Oh, my God. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, Kara's finally like, okay, we need, like, a distraction or something. And Renzo and Gambler are like, okay, we got this. And they leave. Everybody else waits behind some boulders, and they're anxious. Kara's very, very agitated. Bix is like, don't worry, Kara, they'll be fine. And she's like, I'm not worried about Gambler. I'm worried about Renzo. He takes too many risks. And Bix is like, Kara, you also take risks. And she's like, yeah, but my risks are smart ones. My risks are calculated, motherfucker. Just admit that you're worried about him because you love him. For real. For, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Once it got to the kissing noises, I was, I was somewhere else. Sorry, I know you don't like kissing. No, it's not that I don't like it. I just said I've never done it. (laughs) Ever in your life ever in my life and i never will what is this narrative i am creating i don't know there's no way to know Ugh. so they wait around for hours for the diversion they hope it's going to be good and apparently it is um because basically a bunch of struzy comes stampeding through the past they are being chased by flaming barrels because this is donkey kong now Oh my god, they, they are so, they're just fucking video game characters. <laughs> this is a video game now. This is a video game fantasy now. Shit. Uh, all the Murdano soldiers are distracted, so Kara and the crew take off, and they're climbing around the fortress as fast as they can. Uh, they come across two soldiers, Kara kind of distracts them by being like, what's going on? I'm so confused. And the dudes are like, Wait, who are you again? And she's already drawn her sword and she kills one of them. The other takes off running. She runs after him and presumably kills him because when everyone catches up to her, she has blood on her face. Um, eventually they reach this checkpoint. It's in like the most narrow part of the pass. They cannot pass through unseen, um, but they find a stable and they sneak into it. There's six horses in there, which is like the perfect number of horses, apparently. Um, and they start like throwing harnesses on and like getting on the horses and Kara, like, kicks the stable door open. She's like, ride and don't stop for anything. Um, so I love this. I love this scene. <laughs> it's very dynamic. Um, it is. They just, like, stampede their way through this checkpoint. And, like, the yeah. Rodato soldiers are running after them, like, hey, quit stealing our horses. Um, <laughs> so they get out of the pass. They're like, this is great. We're home free. And then they come across two knights in full armor. And they're like, we are not home free. We're actually screwed. Um, and then suddenly one of the knights, like, flies sideways off his horse. The other one follows a minute later. Their horses take off. It was Gambler. Gambler did a good tackle. You bet he did. He was, like, the velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Yeah! Two? He just, yeah, two. Yeah, he just, like, jumps on him and kills him. Mm-hmm. In the tall grass. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're gone and nobody notices anything's going on until, like, two people are dead. Excellent stealth kill. Absolutely. Uh, Gambler says something disdainful about horses. I forgot what it was. Um, they take off. It's like, horses fucking suck. 
<laughs> horses aren't a match for they don't like filibits when they they are in, in the dark in, or so. like no they're prey animals gambler of course they don't fucking like it when you sneak up on them in a dark field like come on he just hates them sorry <laughs> he's just, just not a fan she's not a fan and that's just not fair listen you're a large predator they're a prey animal like cut them some slack man nah Nah. Yeah, bro. Uh. Um. <laughs> so they they run they run along, and they eventually come across Renzo, who's like sitting on top of a horse on the top of a hill, presumably while like the sun rises behind him. He's just the coolest motherfucker. <laughs> He's just like, hey, you like my diversion? And Kara's like, I guess, but like you know, she's like, mm, I guess I'm happier alive. It's very cute. I love it. Um, Tobble, Tobble speaks up and he says he did not like the diversion. And he goes on to explain oh. what? No, just Tobble's Cassie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tobble was like, that was really brave and you saved us and that's great. But he feels really bad for the Struzzi. They must have been terrified. And even though they're smelly. And everybody chimes in. They're like, yeah, they're really shitty. They steal nests. Don't forget about the fact that they eat their own babies. And Gambler's like, shut up and let him finish. Um, which is really great. Mm-hmm. And Tobble says, like, yeah, they're really shitty, but they should be treated with kindness. And one of them could have been hurt, hit by a burning barrel. And, like, he kind of goes back and forth with Renzo a little bit. Where Renzo's like, don't worry, I timed it so that, like, the barrels wouldn't hit them. And Tobble's like, okay, but what if the one of the birds had tripped? And Renzo's kind of, like, refuting everything he says. And Tobble finally says, like, is my life more important than a Struzzi's because I'm cute and cuddly? And Renzo finally says, like, this is war and sacrifices have to be made. And Bix chimes in and says, who decides that? Like, what is, was my pack an unnecessary sacrifice or Maxon's father? Um, and Gambler tells Tobble he is wise. It's good to have someone to ask the hard questions, even though there are no right answers. And this is where Tobble says everything is complicated. Everything is shades of gray. There's no black and white. Um, and Kara says he's right, but he shouldn't let complications stop him from taking a stand. And they must fight evil with honor and mercy and fairness. Um, and Renzo is like, I don't think any war can be won with honor, mercy, or fairness. And Kara's like, I hope you're wrong. So, like, Animorph City up in here. Can I hit you with a question? Yeah. Is Gambler Rachel? Hmm. And I'm going through no evidence except for the fact that when Tobble is trying to spew the whole whose life is worth more than anybody else, who decides, so on and so forth, Gambler was the one that stepped up and was like, fuck off, listen to her talk. Or him talk. I was referencing Cassie in the Yeah, so, like, Tobble's obviously Cassie in this situation. Um, well, Tobble's Cassie. There's no there's no arguments to be had there. Actually, the fact that Gambler is the one who has to, like, go in and... It's either, like, Kara or Gambler who usually has to go in and, like, make the kill. Uh-huh. Gambler might be Rachel. I think Gambler... Gambler's a strong contender for Rachel. I think... Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of... Maybe like a more like subdued. soft, nuanced Rachel. Yeah, like a more subdued sort of Rachel. Yeah. But the well also have we considered the feline grace in the gymnastic prowess? Uh-huh. 
Yep. Okay, well, here's a new conspiracy theory. Add that to the pile. <laughs> but yeah, and then Renzo's Marco, obviously. Obviously. Cars Jake. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. And we have Tobias coming, so we gotta Tobias. we gotta reserve Tobias for Tobias. <laughs> Although I usually, like, compared Tobble to Axe more. Just, like, in terms of, like, mannerisms. But Tobble is definitely more Cassie in this scene. In this scene, for sure. And in the next few scenes. Have we considered that Bix is Axe because the last of their species trapped uh-huh. with found family? Uh-huh. And she's always talking about, like, oh, humans are weird because they do this thing. Mm-hmm. 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 I think there's a strong contender for Bix's Axe. Okay. 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 I like that. <gasps> Shit. <laughs> Oh, man, you've just, like, blown my head wide open. I'm so sorry. No, it's good. Like, I love the whole, like, comparison between Gambler and Rachel thing. I I really, like, when you were saying it, it was hitting me. I'm like, oh, man, that's, like, that's, like, Rachel. Yeah. In her, like, some of her best moments Mm -hmm. were when she set aside whatever she was doing to, like, just blindly defend her friend no matter what her yeah. beliefs not not defend per se but to like say listen to what this person has to say because it's important and i directly don't agree with it so that's why it's important for you to listen to yeah anyways i'm so sorry it's great i love it <laughs> uh more traveling they travel more um and they end up in these woods that are made of these things called witch oaks um, and they're basically these trees with this really thick iron wood that grow horizontally instead of vertically. Um, fucking wild to imagine what that looks like. Oh my god, it's so pretty looking. And they have to like like ride their horses very carefully through all these branches because you know they keep getting like blocked and having to like backtrack and shit, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Uh, Bix notices that Kara seems very like calm and relaxed in these woods. Um, and at some point, somebody, like, shoots at them. It, the arrow very mar- narrowly misses Kara's head. Gambler and Renzo are like, what the fuck? And Kara's, like, pulling the arrow out, kind of looking at it. And then she calls out, good job, asshole. Now you have a bent arrowhead. And these three people with bows show up. They're all wearing greens and browns and blended perfectly with the forest. And there's a whole, like, the dwarf breathes so loud we could have shot him in the dark. Sort of situation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make that connection before, but you're totally Dude, right. this whole scene is, like, Lothlorien, like, straight up. Oh my god, it fucking is. Ugh. The whole, like, oh god, you're right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, th- this guy's here is like, like, whoa, who are you? State your business. And Kara's like, hey, asshole, it's me. And he's like, oh, wait, I know you. And they embrace, they have some banter. And finally he's like, I'm glad you're here, Karasad. Your father's not doing well, and the doctors don't expect him to live much longer. He's had two heart seizures in a month, and he is weak. And Kara's- Like- What? Yeah. How do you even fantasy fix a heart attack? Magic. Okay. I'm in. Potions. Potions? Potions of magic. I'm going into battle. We'll fix your broken heart with our potions and magic. Cover it that went through potions. three iterations of accents within that one Perfect. sentence. Perfect. Doing getting some dialect work in. I'm really I'm practicing hard. Flexing. Hire me at 
anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, Kara's like, is mother attending to him? And the guy's like, uh, no, we haven't seen the Baroness in many months, and the Baron won't say where she went. Uh, that was another wild revelation. That whole situation is like, they dropped it in, presumably for foreshadowing, but they kind of just glossed over it. They did. They super glossed over it. I have so many questions about that. <laughs> Ugh. Um, so Kara's like, okay, let's just go. And she leads them to find her father. Um, and eventually they reach an area where they see the trees have platforms and walkways and hammocks and people are living in them. This is where it's like Clothlorian. Um, and there's like, you know, oh <laughs> stairs and shit. Ugh. Sorry, you're so right. This is Lothlorien. I don't I don't know how I missed this. Central Tree Village. A stable boy comes up, takes the horses. Kara tells everybody to go eat food, um, but she wants Bix to come with her to meet her father. They go up into a tree via like a rope pulley system, and they reach a large rectangular platform with three tents on it. Uh, and Kara explains to Bix that they don't stay in one place for too long and they and they can like they don't build anything permanently so they can pack it up. And Bix is like, yeah, I'm totally familiar with that concept because of all of the running we had to do. Um, yes. Kara says her dad is awesome and great and everything, but he might look like shit because he's ill. And Bix realizes Kara does not want her to be disappointed. Um, they go inside a tent and there's a large bed inside and it contains a very old, weak man who has Kara's eyes and determined jaw. <laughs> Cover an old lady's toes. How about old lady's toes? I'm sickly. I am sickly toes. <laughs> I have sickly toes. They're about to fall off my sickly toes. Oh no. How did this character even develop? I don't honestly? know. She keeps coming back. She'll she'll never leave. She <laughs> wants us. Uh, um but yeah, this is Kara's Daddy and um I don't know if he has a name. I don't know if we ever got his name. Maybe I didn't write it down. I feel like it's just Daddy. 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 Uh, so he's like, Kara! And they embrace. And she's like, what happened to Mom? And he doesn't really say anything. He kind of glances at Bix. And Kara's like, Bix is my friend and I trust her with my life. Um, this is where I got really confused. Um, he says her mother is in a safe place in the western uplands with some servants and guards, her powers of theurgy have grown stronger, and he somehow convinced her that she was slowing the rest of them down. And Kara's what? like, okay. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, he said something like her body was getting weaker, even though her tongue was getting sharper and her powers of theurgy were getting better. So, like, I guess she's injured, but, like, also getting more powerful magically? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no fucking clue what's going on. Like, I read that and I was like, I imagine she's in a wheelchair? But can do magic real good. I Honestly, no, I, I don't know why he had to, like, gaslight her into, into like, leaving them. Right? They literally don't explain any of it. Kara seems fine with it, so I guess it's okay. They're like, yeah, mom. Always getting sick and getting magically inclined. Oh, man. Gotta love her. Oh, that mom. Oh, that mom. That mom and her sick nest. <laughs> I just... 
<laughs> then Kara's gonna have to go and cut open her head. No, sorry, Tobble will have to cut open Kara's mom's head. Oh yeah, or something. I don't Remove really know where throbbing this analogy is going. Thingy. The throbbing, basically gallbladder of the Andalites. Put a, I guess. Put a yerk in him. Huh. Oh. Oh. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. No. No, take it away. So then we get more recap shit. Uh, Kara introduces Bix to her dad, and she's like, Bix is a Darren! And he's like, oh, I thought the Darens were extinct. And okay, like, we play catch up a little bit. Ferrucci betrayed them. Ordano is going to annihilate the Darens and keep a Darren for himself. Terramance, blah, blah, blah. Um, so Kara's father is like, so you didn't just come to keep me updated. Like, what else do you want? And she kind of says like, oh, you know, I just wish I were older and a man. And he laughs at that. And he's like, don't limit yourself. You're the Donati. And she's like, no, you're the Donati. And he's like, bitch, I'm about to die. You know what you have to do. And they stare at each other for a moment. And she's like, will I be challenged? He says, yes, by your cousin Albert. Um, he is the captain of the guard, but he would not make a good leader. Um, Kara's like, Albert's fucking huge and I don't want to kill him. And her dad's like, well, you're not going to convince him. And if he rules, he will form a new dynasty on our bones. Um, Bix is watching all of this go down and she does not think she can bear seeing Kara die. Um... Kara's like, do you think I have a chance? And he says, with the light of Nadara, of course you have a chance. And then he goes down for a nap. Um, Immediately. <laughs> like, passes the fuck out. Yeah, he's he's tired as shit. Uh, Bix is like, do you wonder if he's telling the truth? And Kara's like, oh, I know he's telling the truth. And unfortunately, I have no choice but to accept this fight. I owe my family. And also, my father doesn't think Albert is ready for war. And then she says she's kind of like an endling herself being like the last of the Donatis. And she kind of winces and she's like, sorry, I shouldn't be comparing my pain to yours. And Bix is like, don't worry, there's all kinds of pain. Ain't that the fucking truth? Ain't that the truth? All right. Um, all kinds of pain. Uh, Albert drops by in the morning. He and Kara kind of shoot the shit for a bit. And then Kara's like, so yeah, I've come to claim leadership of the Donatis. And he's like, you're brave and clever and all that, but you're just a woman. And the Donatis have never been led by a woman, and these are perilous times. So, fuck this guy. Um, yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> he's the worst. Yeah. He, Hate him. Very, very traditionalist views, apparently. Sexist fucker. Yeah, that too. Um, she's like, I don't want to fight you, um, and I would have you be my strong right arm, and I would stop this war. He says they should welcome the war, have the Mordano and the Khazar destroy each other. They should hold the pass and make a new kingdom here. And Kara's like, and you would be the king? And he's like, maybe. Um, Gonna be the main event. No king was was before. before. Oh, God. Sorry. Uh, He says she is insane to challenge him and he should at least lend her a proper weapon. And she's like, no, I'm good with my current sword. They set a time and a date for the duel. As soon as he leaves, Renzo's like, I'm going to sneak into his tent and file down his sword. And Kara's like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to cheat. Um, I, I love that, though. I love the sentiment. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go fuck with his shit. I'm going to go mess up his shit. 
And uh, it's established that only Kara's mom and dad know about the light of Nadara. Nobody else knows. Renzo grabs her by the shoulders and he's like, he's going to kill you and our hopes will die with you. And she's like, worry not, friend. I have a plan. A plan. I for sure thought that was the moment that he was going to be like, and I care about you. I care about you. No, no. he did not. He was just like, all right, then go fucking die, I guess. (laughs) I mean, that's not at all what happened. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was expecting something. Me too. Something. Magic. I was expecting magic between them. Yes. Sparks. Um, so yeah, the battle's going to take place in the trees for, you know, extra drama. If one of them dies, they'll... Or one of them falls, they'll probably plummet die. Plummet to their death. Yeah, plummet to their death, basically. Uh, one of the platforms is like really really big and the other one is like the size of a wagon Um, the spectators start coming in because this is the Hunger Games apparently it is (laughs) Uh, Renzo has just been like stealing everyone's weapons and because he's under the assumption he's going to be Kara's second Um, Bix thinks that she'll pick Gambler Um, Kara herself sits at a table she's writing a bunch of notes on scraps of paper and, like, summoning messengers on fast horses, and they are whisked away mysteriously. She didn't tell anyone what she just did. Um, when she's done, she stands up and she's like, I'm going to name my second now. And basically, she cannot choose Gambler because any victory would be his and not hers, and it would be cheating. And Gambler's like, maybe that's true, but you would at least survive. Which, like, not wrong. Wow. Wow. Gambler. Way to, way to vote confidently for your friend he he has like zero confidence i mean rightfully so honestly after seeing this fucking huge dude yeah he's fucking gigantic oh he's huge ripped as fuck he's ripped as fuck um and basically she tells renzo he's not a good enough fighter (laughs) she's she's like you fight renzo actually you suck (laughs) you fight well for a thief but that's not saying much basically um, you're a thief fighter, not a warrior fighter. You're a baby fighter. You got some moves, but you're not to my to my liking. Um, <laughs> and Renzo's like, who the fuck are you going to pick then? And she's like, I picked Tobble. And fuck yeah, she does. Great choice. Um, and Bix is like, oh, Tobble might refuse. Like, I saw him in the in the Terramat mines. He was, you know, saying like he was just, you know, he was just Tobble. He was so small and weak and whatever. But he actually accepts in kind of a shaky voice. Um, she watches her friends cross into the fighting arena and she is terrified for them. But then she's like, oh, Kara must be feeling like ten times worse than I am. Um, Albert shows up and he's shirtless and buff and Maxon's like, damn, that dude's swole. Um, and his second is even bigger and swoller than him. And his name is Mountain Morguno. And this is where I was like, oh, the boulder is here. Yeah. Yeah. This, the boulders. This is where my avatar shit came in. Cause like that's excellent. Cause like you got these two dudes. They're like buff and shirtless, and they've got like weapons and like armor on their shins and stuff. And Kara comes in. She's wearing like a shirt and leggings and like bare feet. And I'm just like, okay, it's like Toph versus the boulder here. Yes, it's ab. You know what? You're absolutely right. I went when I heard the mountain. I went Game of Thrones, but you're absolutely mm. right. This is way more Avatar. Mm-hmm. The boulder feels conflicted about fighting a small Wobbick. <laughs> the boulder is no longer conflicted. 
God. Um, Albert tells Kara to call it off. Um, and Kara's like, Kara's like shaking and she's like, I fear death, but I will not submit. And Bix is like, oh my God, this is so painful to see my friends so fearful. Wait a minute. Kara's acting. This whole thing is planned. Um, and Gambler has not picked up on this. He is outraged. He's like, I could take both of those guys. Why didn't she make me her second? I could have killed for her. And, and then Renzo's like, fucking respect her choices, bro. Yeah, Renzo's like, calm down, dude. Um, and he's like, well, they're not gonna win. I can only hope that they'll survive. Um, and then Mountain starts antagonizing Tobble, and Tobble is just getting more and more pissed off. And finally, Mountain charges him, and Bix is like, that's a mistake. You're gonna die now. Um, and sure enough... Uh, Mountain backs Hobble up to the edge of the platform, and then a second later, Bix just hears this high-pitched scream and, like, jabbering, and Tobble has gone into, like, berserker mode, and he leaps up mountains, climbs up his body, gets on his head, and then just starts doing his thing, like, yanking out his hair and biting him and tearing his nose and his ears, um, and, like, poking his eyes out, and Mountain's just, like, grasping at his head and stumbling around. And Tobble's, like, grabbing the sides of his mouth and, like, steering him like a horse. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. That is fucking incredible. God. And then Mountain almost falls off the edge of the platform, but Tobble jumps down, grabs his ankles, and then, like, like, tilts him to fall onto the platform, jumps on top of him, draws his knife, and tells him to yield. And Mountain is just, like, like, humiliated and just like, I yield, I yield, please stop. So, Tobble's just completely kicked his ass. Uh, Albert's like, what the fuck? And Kara's like, I will fight alone, even though Tobble is technically allowed to help her. Um, Albert declares loudly that he's not afraid, but Bix thinks he sounds pretty uncertain. And Kara definitely does not look afraid anymore. And she makes this big production, she draws her sword, and then the audience beholds the light of Nadara. The fight begins, uh, Kara swings over on a rope to Albert... Uh, gives him a little slice on the shoulder. He strikes at her, but she dodges. She gets him closer to him. Uh, she grabs his knife out of his scabbard and throws it over the edge of the platform. And Renzo's like, holy shit, she's not fighting to kill. And Gambler's like, you're an idiot. So basically, they're just like heckling them. Um, I love that so much. <laughs> Punch his eyes out. Um, Kara manages to grab the rope and swing back to the small platform. Albert is trying to decide if he wants to go after her because he'd be at a disadvantage or he could risk looking like a coward, which we can't have that. So he decides to swing after her. And as he gets over there, she slices the rope and he falls, drops his sword and catches the edge of the platform. Uh, she uses her foot to like push one of his hands off. It's very Lion King. We all love this. And he's like, okay, you can kill me now. And she's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. And he's like, oh, so you want to continue to humiliate me? And she's like, no, actually, I have other uses for you. I need great warriors. I need a general. Dun-dun-dun. Bex recalls the Darren hero, the great Jarell, who is allegedly twice the size of any other Darren and ten times stronger. Whenever Darrens did something brave, they were called another Jarell. And the fact that Kara and Tobble were able to defeat these two giant experienced warriors was about in line with the great Jarell. Um, so Bix is walking the forest floor with Kara, and she's calling her a hero. And Kara acknowledges this, but does not sound impressed or pleased about it. 
Fucking love a modest hero. Love that. Um, Mm -hmm. So Kara's like, okay, here's my plan. It's in three parts. Part one is I'm going to send Albert out with riders to rally people from all over the Donati lands. Um, And Bix is like, do you doubt his loyalty? And Kara responds, if she did, she would have let him fall. And Bix is a little bit taken aback by that comment, but, you know, whatever. Um, Part two of Kara's plan is to go to the Corpleys and propose peace. Um, And she says that Luca's father is an honorable man. If she goes to him under a flag of truce, he will at least hear her out, and that's all she can hope for. Um, If they can get the Corpleys on board, they can um, get 10,000 soldiers between them. And then they could probably get another 5,000 if the Corpleys could convince other families of the West to contribute. And Kara says she will even consider speaking to other groups, which Bix thinks means other species. Um, and part three of the plan is changing the way that the world is governed. Um, Bix is like, oh, does that mean you're going to be queen? And Kara's like, no, 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 titles don't matter. And she says for too long, leaders have controlled with lies and deception. Um, and that she would change that, and the truth is very important. And she goes on to say that the world needs the Darrens, and basically she's counting on Bix to find the lost Darrens and convince them of their importance to the world. Bix understands what Kara is asking, and she feels the fear and loss of her new family. Uh, she once again feels like she's just the runt of her pack, she's not a leader, and she really wants to tell Kara no, she can't do this, but she can't say it. And Bix says she will do her best. And Kara says, of course she will. And she will not be alone. Um, which Bix takes to mean that she gets to take Gambler and Renzo. And she gets to have her family with her. But Kara cuts her off and says that she could take Maxon and Tobble. And she's like, I could send a, uh, send a handful of Donati warriors along. And Bix is like, yes, please. But Kara says that ultimately she thinks it will fare better with just three small, presumably unthreatening creatures. And Bix reluctant. Sending the hobbits on! <laughs> Sending the hobbits on to Mount Doom! Oh god! Okay, sorry. Um, Bix reluctantly agrees to this, and Kara's like, I'll give you food, weapons, and another companion. Um, and then she goes on to say that after their encounter, Rorid Headcrusher sent a representative to see what was going on with the Donatis. And the representative was going to be joining them if Bix was okay with that. Bix realizes that she will truly be the leader of this band and she will have to make split second decisions just like Kara did. So she tries now and she agrees. And she's like, yeah, it'll be great to have a hawk. They have excellent line of sight. And then she's cut off by said hawk swooping down from the trees onto Kara's outstretched arm. And he adds that they also have very good hearing. Such a Tobias move. Oh my god, he's here. He is here. He's here, our boy. Our boy, our boy is back. Our boy is here. Yes, and this is Sabito Seven Talon. Um, and Bix immediately looks at his talents and he is missing one of them on his right side. He says he is pleased to meet her and she notes that his accent is very good. Um, <laughs> I, God, I fucking love this character. So immediately he's like, Okay, you probably have some questions about my motives and my willingness to submit to orders from a Darren. <laughs> Here are the answers. I obey Rorid, who told me to obey Kara, and thus you. But if I think you're making a stupid decision, I will challenge you on it until you tell me to shut up and do what I'm told. If your decision was wrong, I will be completely obnoxious about it. But if your decision is right, I will praise you. Bix is like, and will you admit that you were wrong? And he's like, Raftanons are never wrong. And she's like, 
well, welcome to our doomed and pointless enterprise. And he's like, doomed and pointless? If it's not doomed and pointless, what fun would that be? And that's the end of this part. Again, what an Anwar note. Welcome to our doomed and pointless enterprise. Mm-hmm. I fucking love these books. I fucking love these books so much. Why? How? Why? Why, Why are they so good at this? I don't know. And like, Sabino has like half a page. Like he's uh, he's and already, already a favorite. Already a favorite. He says, like, two things, and I'm just like, yes, you, I pick you. Like, yeah. And Bix also, like, immediately, she's like, I love this guy. Like, immediately likes him. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're n- we're still not sure about Maxine, but we are. Right. We are all in with Sabina. Right. Yeah, I definitely, I don't, I don't know about Maxine. I just, I don't know. Oh, my God. I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready to read the last part. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited for the last part, which is probably, what, 80 pages left or something like that. It's not much. I mean, comparatively. It's really not. Oh, my God. I'm very excited. Do we even have anything left to talk about? I feel like we... I should say specifically, I feel like I derailed you so often when you were summarizing. (laughs) That I'm not sure what else we have to cover off at this point. I'm not sure either. I'm a little bit sad because it seems like we're going to be splitting the party now. <sighs> yeah. I'm excited to get to know Sabino, but we're not going to get Gambler and Renzo and Kara. I do. Yeah. <sighs> I do like how earlier Kara was like, hey, we're going to go find my father. My plans might change. I won't be able to come to the to the river colony with you. And Gambler was like, I'll take them if necessary. But then when you get to the end, it's like, actually, no, I need Gambler. (laughs) So. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good call. I do like, I do like the idea that, like, the Darrens have to go recover their own colony. Because, like, this story, as much as I don't want to split the party, this story would fucking suck if it was Bix's journey to find the Darrens and Kara was the one that did it. It was like, oh, you needed the humans the whole time yeah. to, like, successfully win the day. True. And it's like, no, you fucking don't. Get rid of them. Yeah. But two Darrens and Tobble yeah. and a Hawk? Yeah. I would take that adventure all day long. And we're gonna get it. <laughs> yep. I'm excited. I'm super excited. Oh, no. But then I am going to miss all of all of Kara and Renzo and their relationship building and Gambler cheering them Right, because I was hoping we'd get some more Gambler backstory, honestly. <sighs> Me too. But I'm guessing the rest of this book is going to be, you know, Bix and, and Maxine and Tobble and, and Sabido. And then yeah. maybe they'll reunite in the third book. But I don't think we're going to see the humans or gambler for the rest of this book i could be wrong but yeah. i don't know soon enough soon enough i'm excited yeah i really i loved this part so much i feel like i say that every single time but honestly i love this part so it much. it just continues to be awesome Do, would you would you like to share any last thoughts i think i'm good i'm just really excited i don't have any last thoughts either so shall i yeah take ramble for take us out all right. Ooh. Well, 
If you have any uh, fantastic points, um, email us at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or applegrahambookclub at gmail.com. Or, and that's like, you know, if you're not in the Discord. If you're in the Discord, you can send messages that are just really kind of, you know, out of nowhere. Like, anybody reading this, talk to me, and I will respond immediately. <laughs> um, but anyways, you could email us there. You could tweet at us at anamorphsanon or at Apple Grant Cast. Yep. Nice. Nailed it. You can Instagram us at anamorphsanonymous or Apple Grant Cast. You can Facebook find us um, at you know, Animorphs Anonymous, or you could go to our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. Or you can go to the Apple Grant Book Club Facebook page, which is finally getting some people liking it. Is so it thank really? you. I'm sorry. It is. We're getting some people liking it. So thank you very, very much for doing that. Yay. I know. I it's it. so delightful. I love it too. Wee. Uh, Let's see. We talked about our Discord already, basically. I sorry. Yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna invite to that Discord, hit me up on any one of those socials, yeah. and I will hook you yeah, up. Yeah, basically. Um, please check out our YouTube page that we share with Camus Crisis folks. It's called Strong Shape International, and we post archived episodes of Animorphs Anonymous every Wednesday. Uh, I've been bad about it recently because life's been insane, but I'm getting back into it. So yeah, if you wanna re-listen to old episodes of podcast. You can go over there. Strong Shape International on YouTubes. Casey, I have a dark secret to tell you about. Okay. <laughs> I really like reading. Oh, cool. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. But this is a judgment-free zone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, would you please tell me where I can secretly indulge of my love of reading, but also I need pictures? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Well, for instance, um, there's a thing that I write and draw simultaneously um, in the form of a webcomic that you could go look at for free. Um, and that is called B-Side You. You could go read it at bsideyoucomic.com. It is also on Tapas and Webtoons. And if you really like it and you want to support me making it, you can head over to Patreon. Um, and I am posting work in progress pages and early pages. I am several months ahead of the public posting schedule. And if you want to find out what happens before anyone else, you can go to patreon.com slash KCD studios and, uh, get in on that. And I highly recommend becoming a patron because you will get to see a wonderful and respectful conversation between Danny and his mommy. Yay. Oh, you're on that part. Yay. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit past. I'm. I've seen the newest stuff come yeah, out, yeah. but that was what came out recently, and the Patreon stuff, and it was just like a wonderful, wonderful conversation oh, of uh, <laughs> an argument that was respectful and beautiful between a parent who wants the best for their child and a child who wants to follow an impossible dream. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yes. And for only $500 a month on Patreon, <laughs> uh, you can get access to the Slater cast. You're welcome. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We have hundreds of people signed up already. You're really missing out. They all say it's the best thing they've ever heard. Dan and I spare no expense on this podcast. Yes, perfect. 
Oh, man. <laughs> I could listen to podcasts with Alex in it all day. In addition to the Slater cast, if I can't quite <laughs> shell out the money for that right now, are there other <laughs> podcasts that I could listen to with you in them? Oh, boy. Howdy. You better really be believing that you could listen to podcasts with me talking in them all day because I got four of Dear them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's see. Well, first of all, you can find me here on Animorphs Anonymous slash Apple Grant Book Club, of course. Um, I gave this advice earlier in the week. You could always just rewind to the beginning of this episode and I'll be there for you. <laughs> um, and speaking of Cadmus to Crisis, this is a Superboy podcast where I gave that same advice. You can go ahead and listen to that one. I am not on it from the beginning. No, they brought me in. A couple years ago, and now they can't get rid of me like a stray fucking animal. Yay! That's right. And right now, we're at the Ravers. So if you want to start every episode with like a really deep like from David, it's that's the way to go is with the Ravers. It's awesome. It's literally just about a fucking rave in space that teleports. Space rave! It's a space rave. It's crazy. So I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Um, I also sometimes derail them there, but they are much better at just shutting that shit down. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Horse Girls Yay! next. Let me talk about Horse Girls. Yay! I fucking love Horse Girls. <laughs> so, um, I don't know how many episodes will be out by the time this episode comes out. A few. Uh, check out Horse Girls. It's with uh, Tim and Jenna, who are wonderful, amazing people. And Jenna has all sorts of podcasts, and Tim has all sorts of podcasts. And we're basically met up, and we're like, hey, we're all Animorphs fans. What can we do? Read YA horse novels and talk about horses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, if you want to listen to a podcast of two adult women bullying an adult man into riding a pony, <laughs> this is the podcast for you. <laughs> And honestly, who isn't interested in that subject matter? Oh my matter? god, you just you guard him so much already. And that's episode one. We've recorded several more of these motherfuckers. It's been going on for months we've been going after Tim. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and he still talks. He invited me to his fucking house. <laughs> Can you believe that? Oh He's gonna let me into his domicile after I spend hours bullying him. <laughs> Poor Tim. He's, he's too kind for his own good. <laughs> Speaking of too kind for their own good, let me talk about my DM, Austin, on Dungeons and Draken Beams. Uh, I play an Animorphs D&D game with uh, some fellow people. There's Nate, who went viral recently. There's Yay. Q, who's possibly the sweetest person on this planet. There's Corey, who I now spend much of my day yelling at into and out of character. <laughs> And, um, yeah, we all have a great time playing this awesome homebrew D&D game. I play Savannah, who is a character on the show. I was going to say the best, but that would be a fucking lie. <laughs> it's Possum. <laughs> it's Possum. Possum is the hero that we all need and deserve. That is my dog in D&D. <laughs> possum is the best. Love Possum. We'll, we'll do anything for Possum. Yes. It's fantastic. So, yeah, check it out. Dungeons and Draken Beams. So, uh, now that you've got your week planned out, with just listening to me, there you have it. Wow. <laughs> I know. I need to cut that down a little bit, but I was just having so much fun talking about this fucking buck wild shit. Oh my god. We start a network. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, Drew once called uh, Strong Shape International just 
we should call it Alex Network because that's the binding force. <laughs> You're in all the podcasts. <laughs> I'm in all the podcasts. <laughs> no, that would be a nightmare. Please don't do that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we got one more part of Endling Book 2 coming out in a couple weeks. And oh, I'm so excited. Then we'll be two thirds of our way through the Endling, and I'm sad, but I also need to know what happens. I need to know what happens, and oh boy, we better figure out what book series we're doing next. Oh yeah, <laughs> switch to Michael Grant for a bit, maybe. Oh yeah, I think for sure we should do like Gone or Berserk or Frontline. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta get to we gotta get all up in Michael Grant's brain. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that was. All right, I don't know, but I really enjoyed it. Perfect. Okay, let's travel through the lands to find an almost extinct species, so we can hug them and uplift them and spread truth throughout this terrible world. Aw, I love that. Let's go spread truth across the land. (coughs) I got the black lung, Pop. (laughs) Oh no! What happened there? I don't know! (laughs) Grandma Mac, we'll never leave. Grandma Mac, cover cover my toes. Cover your grandma's toes. Poor poor grandma's toes. Okay, bye.